welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 104. I am, of course, joined once again with my co-host, Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, welcome to the Peppa Pig Appreciation Hour. Um, <laughs> for for all our UK viewers, I died when I saw that screenshot. <laughs> like I, I I just log on to Twitter and I go to the search thing and it's an it's a moment. <laughs> it's just a bunch of British people cursing at Channel Five. I would be livid. I'm trying to watch a tension fight, and you gave me Peppa the Pig. <laughs> well, no, it it was uh, it was Gegger Masasi McDonald. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't remember which card it was. That is, ooh, boy. You this is this, this is what happens when you stretch six fights into like four hours. But Peppa though, like it, it was reruns. This was early in the morning over there. Oh, so they had to get their early morning cards. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got, like, all the six-year-olds who get up before their parents, they got to be occupied, so they, t- they just turn on Peppa Pig. Oh, man. Yes, uh, shout-out to you guys for enduring the, uh, those, those hardships. <laughs> Shouts to the people who stayed up till, wh- what, like, let me think. So, the cards started at 10, here, and it's about five hours ahead there, so it's, like, three o'clock in the morning when the card starts, and, like... Five six o'clock there when Peppa Pig gets turned on. Shout out to the people who stayed up for Bellator and Rosin, because like Bellator ended at like one, I think, and Rosin started at two. Well, no, Bellator ended closer to one thirty because and I know this for a fact because I fell asleep and I woke up at one, and Rory McDonald was oh, yeah. walking to the cage. <laughs> Man, yeah, some of y'all are troopers, man. I, I crashed after that Bellator card was over. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that uh, in a little bit. Uh, quick plugs, as always, you can check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. You can also listen to us on Google Play. Um, you can hit us up on the Facebook page. Uh, just type in Dojo Talk Podcast on Facebook, and you'll find us there. You can send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei and all that good stuff. Uh, top cities for the week coming in at number one, Chicago, Illinois, coming in at number two, Denver, Colorado, coming in at number three, Atlanta, Georgia, number four, Miami, Florida, number five, Seattle, Washington, and tied for number five with Seattle was Des Moines, Iowa, and Dallas, Texas. So, uh, Shout out to you guys. Shout out to all the listeners all over the states. Shout out to our Tumblr folk who post and reblog. Shout out to the Twitter people. 
post and reblog. Definitely appreciate it. Um, Speaking of Seattle, I'm, I'm, I, I don't like. I should. I, I think I made it pretty clear in the past. I don't care about football, but Sunday makes it unavoidable on Twitter. Are they loser? Uh, no. Um, so Earl Thomas. I, I don't know who this man is. He is flipping off the Seattle bench. <laughs> um, he he. Mind you, he is a Seattle uh, Seahawks player. Yeah. <laughs> but from, from what I can tell, he's flipping them off because he held out for a higher salary. I guess they strong-armed him to come back to play. And he ends up getting hurt. So now he's not going to be worth as much when he goes into free agency. Lord. So now he's just flipping everybody off. So God bless him. Hey, man. <laughs> Such such is life. I actually did watch some football for the first time this year. Um, it's over at my dad's house, so you know, family bonding time, all that good stuff. Um, best of uh, well wishes to Tyler Eifert from the Bengals. Um, I don't know if you saw this pop across your feed, but he had a really bad. I'm gonna assume he broke his ankle because ankles and limbs aren't supposed to bend that way, and yeah. his went like all the way in the other direction. It was bad. When will people realize that football is dumb? Oh, God, I'm looking at it now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's been, it was bad. And it, it was it, what sucked is because, like, that was, that was like a routine tackle. Like, it wasn't really anything out of the ordinary. It was just kind of like, it was one of those freak things that just kind of just happened. Yeah, it's like, um, what you call it? What was the dude's name back in the 90s? He's Bo Jackson. There we go. Like the tackle that um, that ended his career was just like a routine tackle too, but he ran so damn hard that his hip actually just popped out of the joint or yeah. some shit. Like it, it just caused it to break or something. Football is ruthless, but I've contributed because I've been a football fan since I was like a toddler. Whack. So. <laughs> I've been contributing to this brutality. I mean, we're on a podcast about niggas punching each other for like five hundred dollars i guess i can't really judge but at least it's purposeful violence you know uh, it depends on who's fighting <laughs> I mean, you you sign up to hurt the other man here and it, like football it just comes with violence uh, well, well we'll get into the violence there were some uh were some soul slings and uh some some blood uh, a lot that went down, but uh, before we get into all that, um, all right. So between both of us, we got a lot of just news or random notes. So um, I'll let you do your news that you have listed first, because I know you covered all the fights that I just conveniently just did not write down, and then I'll I'll chime in at the end with uh, the little bit that I have. All right. So I don't know if we mentioned his name like three times in three episodes in a row or something, but. And he just appeared from the mist, but we finally have a date for uh, Primus' first title defense. <laughs> uh, he's going to be fighting Michael Chandler again. He's going to be at Bellator 210, which, if I remember correctly, is going to be the night before Bellator Hawaii. And this is on December 14th. So uh, mark those calendars, historic rematch. Plenty of time for this fight to fall apart. I mean... Quite a time to find out that Brent Primus is like three children in the turncoat. <laughs> um, uh, also, um, with the news that uh, he is back, technically for real, 
uh, because he's a snitch. Uh, the UFC is trying to <laughs> is targeting John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson for UFC 232. That's the same card, I believe, as Chris Cyborg versus Amanda Nunes. Uh, it's going to be the last pay per view of 2018. Nothing set in stone. Um, I doubt. I actually doubt Jones wants to fight. Not gonna lie. Not because I don't think he doesn't think he will win. It's just like it's a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? See, I feel like he's known about this for a while. I have a sneaking suspicion that, like, on the low, he kind of knew this was going to happen, but they had to go through the motions, so he's just been secretly getting ready. Mm-hmm. And it's possible. I mean, like, who else would he Who else would he fight? Yeah, I mean, yeah, his options were, like, Gus, m- maybe DC at, like, heavyweight. DC's I don't know. never going to take that fight. <laughs> and I don't blame him. <laughs> I, I can't blame DC so so what like do, I, I don't know like it, I guess it's like Gus or like Jan Blahovich. like there's not really a whole lot out there for him yeah um but that's not official yet they're working on it but it does leave that question like lingering in the air the fuck they gonna do with <laughs> which is going to be in what four weeks? Five weeks? No pressure. No pressure. I mean, I, I say they just go for broke and get that Tito Ortiz Dana White boxing match. Do conjunction with Golden Boy. Oh boy. Yeah, get that warm up in before he goes to fight. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we might as well make that a uh, hundred sixty-five pound title. I'm just saying, like I've. Which I, I'm assuming they're just going to end up doing. Yeah, I mean, if y'all don't have it by now, just, why not? So just why not? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we just uh, we just made a title for a freaking pay-per-view. Right. This is why we have a 145 women's division. <laughs> <laughs> and at least with 165, you'll get more bodies pretty quick. Yeah. Like, you'll have people flocking from welterweight end and lightweight. It, yeah. it, 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 it could be a good time. Yeah, you, you guys might as well just just do that. Just just exactly. let it happen. And you can get RDA versus uh, Nate Diaz too, or Poirier, which is great. Um, also, I guess we should bring that up then. Um, so Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz took it upon themselves apparently to just state outright that their fight at UFC 230 is going to be for the inaugural UFC 165 pound title. Mind you, nobody told the UFC. Um, and Dana was White's been pretty vehemently against it. So, but they're they're still going along like it's going to be for the 165 pound title. So I'm just waiting for them to show up fight week at 165 pounds. Hey man, you gotta speak. You gotta speak what you want into existence. Exactly. You, know, you gotta you gotta put that energy in the air. You just I can't wait for um media week to happen so they can just keep saying shit like this like we're going to be fighting for the 165 pound title and then Dana just has to like pull his belt off and just like wrap it around the winner because (laughs) I'm waiting for one of them to just come in with a custom belt (laughs) (laughs) like their camps have already mutually agreed you know we we got a belt design and we, we we got a presentation set up this is already all worked out. This uh, would just be like a running joke that they'll have for like the rest of their careers. Yeah. I, like, 
they really mishandled this whole 230 situation. Like, I don't know what they thought was going to be happening around this time. Like, who they would have available, but it is... Yeah, it's not looking too good. Not too hot. No, not at all. Um, maybe maybe Nate and Poirier knew that, and this is them trying to save the day. They're, they're trying to get their demands met. Yeah. Like... Uh, like, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm like, thinking back to like early, late, late spring, early summer, and that, that when they're laying all this out, and they're thinking like, "Hmm, I wonder what fight we're going to get for uh, Madison Square Garden." Like, the only fight I could think of is maybe getting Robert Whitaker back out there if he beats Yoel Romero easy, but that didn't happen, and that was in like what June, and so they've had plenty of time to like try and figure it out. We'll see. I hope somebody somewhere knows something. <laughs> like Henry Cejudo just secretly like putting the pressure on him to be like, hey, have me fight TJ Dillashaw. I can be ready in four weeks. I mean, to be honest, I feel like at this point, if, if you're a major you know, star, if you're one of those top tier, th- this is your time to start making demands. Cause... Dude, if you're a champion and, you, and, you, and you're healthy and you have leverage like that, go for yeah, it. Yeah, you got to go for it, yeah. Because somebody's got to plug the spot. And uh, I don't think they're in much, unless they got some secret fight in the stash. They're, they're they're not in the spot really to say no. Like That's you, you what, need. Joe Rogan said he had he he heard what um. Uh, what what like the main event was, and he's like he's gonna blow everybody away. I'm like they don't have anything that can blow us all away. They're already bringing back Brock for a title shot, and but that's not going to be until like, 2019. It's gonna be like GSP and Anderson 30 years later. I mean that's the fight like I thought they should make like why not. It'll probably be that. But I don't... Th- I think... Is Anderson still suspended? I don't know. That's a good question. So, like... And it's from the sounds of it, GSP is not, like, healthy enough to fight, so... I don't know. A lot of people say they're not healthy enough, but when the paycheck is right... Shasio Romero trying yeah. to get himself <laughs> a light heavyweight title yeah, fight. Man. Listen, man, when the money starts adding up... You'll find a way. <laughs> you will find a way to make it happen. Right. So, um, just last bit of fight announcements. Uh, Mark Hunt is going to be fighting Justin Willis, and Tyson Pedro will be fighting Shogun Hua at UFC Adelaide, which I believe is also in December. Um, and over in boxing, we got uh, the next date for Vasily Lomachenko. He's going to be fighting Jose Pedraza for in a unification bout on December 8th on ESPN. So that's all I got for fighting. There's, there's probably more, but I missed right. it. So the news I have, I don't, I don't have any actually fights announced, just like news and notes that have happened throughout the week. Um, excuse me. Uh, Kajan Johnson, after dropping his split decision to uh, Rustam Kabalov, uh, looks like his UFC career has pretty much came to an end. Um, so. this, this has nothing to do with Project Spearhead. Yeah, look the other way. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> so I think Ally Equip is the only Project Spearhead fighter left, <laughs> which is crazy when you think about because it, it feels like he should have been the first one gotten. Uh, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But best of luck to him, though, man. Uh, ho- hopefully, he lands somewhere else. Um, in other news, uh, the UFC has altered their anti-doping policy. I found this pretty interesting. I don't know why this wasn't the thing from the get-go, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, so what they're altering is uh, basically uh, violations won't be announced until after the resolution has been 
you know, come to when completed. Uh, and a quote that I saw, and I didn't even write the gentleman's name down, but uh, the quote is, if an athlete has a positive drug test, we aren't putting them in a fight until their case is resolved. But what we can do is give the athlete an opportunity to educate their issue without the public rushing to judgment. Um, so, in a nutshell, I guess this can kind of help avoid situations like the JDS situation. So we're we just gonna get like guys pulling out because of injury, but it turns yeah. out they're like. <laughs> It turns out, like, they had a USADA violation. And that's what I was when I was like, I don't think there's a way that you can, like, can't, like, hide it. Like, right. we're going to know if you pulled out, like, three times. It's like, all right, bro. Like, you got to stay off, you got to stay off the gram, too, because, like, you can't be like Brad Tavares and just train through injury. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I just thought that was interesting. Um, so, I, I don't know. Ho- hopefully that. I don't know if that'll make things run smoother. Um, I mean, if anything, though, I do agree that results shouldn't be... You shouldn't be throwing out quote-unquote potential and then you still have them go into a fight and you don't even know what's going on. The, the case hasn't been concluded. So, in, in that regard, you know, cool. Uh, I, I agree with it. You know, I... Yeah, uh, hopefully... Oh, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, ho- hopefully it leads to some kind of positive. Um, I would hope. Uh, or did you have something to add on to that? Um, Brent Akamoto got in like some, uh, got some push, uh, well, a lot of pushback from fans over um the John something he tweeted about John Jones, where he was like, if you like, if an organization spends fifteen months to figure to to, to like just reduce a dude's um uh, suspension, one they wouldn't have given because he they found that he had no motive to cheat. Like, are they really doing their job? And I kind of agree with him. So, like, when when these do, like, these potential violations, like, I, I don't know what, it's, why the turnaround for all these drug tests is so slow. I don't think it's a USADA problem. It's probably a drug testing thing. But until you get that solved, like, nobody should be waiting, like, two months to get their, like, B test done. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, you you were thinking an organization this big like this should this should flow a lot smoother. I mean, we just found out that like nobody cares and no drug test no drug testing organization in the world is worth their salt. Um, shouts to WADA. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I don't know. I'm wondering how long you side is actually gonna stick around. Like, I wonder if eventually that just won't be a thing anymore. I don't. I don't know. That that but that that'll lead into another conversation that I don't even want, really want to get into right now. But uh, last bits of news that I had: uh, Michael Mayday McDonald uh, retired after unfortunately breaking his hand again. He said um, if he broke his hand one more time after he signed with Bellator, he was going to retire. It's been two fights. I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah, it it happened. Uh, so he he's he's out of here. He's going to go back to what what is it? Wood wood stocking. Wood chipping. Woodwork, right? Wood, woodwork. His real, his real passion. Like it. If you know anything about Michael McDonald, that he likes carpentry way more than he likes fighting. <sighs> kind of sucks, though, man. Like, I, at one point, this guy was like, in his UFC rise, he was starching dudes. Yeah, this is what happened when you, when you just like your only training bro- partner is your brother, and your brother's the type of dude to come out to ta- his Tachi Palace fight with like. His his best friend rapper, who sucks ass. 
<laughs> like, uh, just, just think about it in hindsight. Like, Brad McDonald seems like the polar opposite of his younger brother. <laughs> Who is just like this conservative Christian dude. He's just coming out here with like, yeah, no, we shoot people. <laughs> gotta have the yin and the yang. You gotta, you gotta have the balance, you know. Who's the yang? Who's the yang? That's I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, no, it, it kind of sucks though, man. This, this dude was like, at his peak, was like one of the top bantamweights. Uh, he, he was out here. He was lighting souls up. Uh, I'll never forget what he did to my homie Miguel Torres. <laughs> He was lighting people up out here, man. Um, but best of luck to him. But I, I assume if he's passionate about woodwork, uh, he'll he'll find his way. But uh, best of luck to Michael McDonald. And the last note, uh, HBO and boxing. It's, it's a wrap. It's over, done, finito. However else you can say no or done in any language you can think of. No mas. Yeah. <laughs> They're out of here. Last event is going to be October 27th, um, and that is headlined by Daniel Jacobs and Sergei Derevinchenko. I probably said that terribly wrong. But, um, yeah, so after October 27th, there will be no more HBO boxing. They will be uh, calling it a wrap. Um, so I guess with that, just leave Showtime and... ESPN and, and Fox and The Zone. Like, in ESPN Plus, like, like, this is a loss for boxing, don't get me wrong. But in 2019, there will be more money spent on the televised and streaming rights to, well, you know, obviously streaming, because streaming's very new. But um, there will be more money spent on boxing in 2019 from, like, uh, uh, like the, these vendors than ever before. I'm not sure how that, you know, how that is a function of, like, making good fights. But if you're a boxer and you're heading into free agency in like 2019, like you are, and you're and you're like a world champion, like the gold is right in front of you. It's like right in your face. Like there's gonna be somewhere upward of like 200 million dollars spent on the sport. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there'll still be options. I, I guess it will kind of well. It will suck that it'll be spread thinner than it already was, but at the same time, if you've been getting HBO and Showtime, and you're not fortunate enough to live in a place where you can, like, pit cable providers against each other for free HBO or Showtime, you've been paying for them for a few t- uh, for a while now. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's just one of those things that just kind of, like, HBO unboxing have just been around for so long. 45 years, bro. Yeah. 1,000 fights. And now you'll wake up after that October card, and that won't be a thing anymore. No, but just HBO will be just forever Game of Thrones spinoffs until they catch the next wave. Yeah. But as you said, though, there'll be more options. You know, there'll there'll be more there'll be more room somewhere, somewhere. But boxing fans are going to have to learn how to use the internet, (laughs) which sounds mean because there are a lot of boxing like boxing fans on the internet but like your casual boxing fan is not somebody who um like i think we talked about this when the pacquiao the last pacquiao fight was going on on espn plus and like 
Dan uh, Dan Raphael and like ESPN Plus, the Twitter accounts were just like, how do I get this on my TV? <laughs> like they were just spammed with those messages. Yeah, man, you guys are gonna have to get get savvy. Have to roll over to the zone and all these other uh, little like, online platforms to get your fix. Like boxing's fan, like fans are like the last people to not know what Netflix is or how it works. Well, just just a tip to you guys. Um, if all else fails, if you know what an HDMI cord is, you know if you if you can get it on your screen on your laptop, just, just plug your HDMI cord into your TV. Hopefully, your TV is new enough that it has an HDMI cord. If not, whip out those um those old what is it red, yellow, and white video <laughs> cords and figure it out. <laughs> if you still have a red, yellow, and <laughs> the the AV cords, you know. Oh man! Like I still, <laughs> like I imagine they all have like the big box set TVs that are like that take up like half your living room, and we still turn them... into like channel three to play PlayStation. <laughs> like oh, the man. the over all uh, too long, the, like the the, the, uh, the temperature in the room goes up like ten degrees. <laughs> oh man! If you guys are younger, you don't understand anything we're talking about, but uh. <laughs> Those were good times. Those were good times, but uh, we we have since moved <laughs> way past. Wait, um, um, oh wait, no, no, go continue. I'm just I just read something that fucked up my day. Oh boy. I mean, it's about he who will not be named. Uh, I think we should do it. Oh, it's Kanye. Oh no, no, no okay. No, yeah. No, oh, we're we're good on our Yeezy. He's he's a. He wants to abolish the Thirteenth Amendment. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that earlier. I kept scrolling. I I just kind of kept moving on. Yep. Yanni never came out anyway, so. (laughs) 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 Yandy wasn't a thing. You see, if that was me, I would have just been like, "It's on tour somewhere. Go find it." Shout out to Kanye West and Lauren Hill. Care about Lauren Hill? Uh, she's just kind of she's been losing her mind for years. She canceled. All right, so this is a side rant before we talk about the fights. But I had to talk about this because I just oh well, she, we're gonna finish up the news real quick then, because we we still got a couple of news stories and okay, go, ahead, go ahead. There, there's well two of them are sad. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, we yeah, we do got to get to those. Yeah, yeah, and we, then one is really funny. Really funny, but uh, let's do let's do the sad one first, so we can. All right, so um, UFC fighter Abdul Razak Alassan has been charged with sexual assault, as is uh, former world champion uh, Floyd Mayweather opponent and recent mainstay on Fox for some reason, Victor Ortiz, uh, who is being charged for both sexual assault and rape. So sad bit of news. Um, I want to say I shouldn't, uh, like, I didn't see this for Victor Ortiz, but at the same time, I could totally see him being just the worst type of person. Um, I don't remember, I don't exactly remember what Alassane's charges were. Um, I remember, and don't, don't quote me on this, something some about the story, um, he was, was he a bouncer? Yes. I think at, like, a club, so, and some girls were drunk, took him home. One one of those kind of situ it it seemed kind of messy. Yeah, it it seemed kind of messy. Um, but I I 
me personally, I don't, I don't like to throw accusations until I get facts. So I'm not going to jump out the window on the, on the guy. But that story did just seem kind of messy. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I hope it's not true, but if it is, you're, you're, you're out of here, bro. Like, you're, you're out of here. Yeah. But, uh, Same with Victor Ortiz, who has a yeah. fight coming up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But um, j- just to cleanse our palate before we move on, I actually have two stories here that are really funny. Um, do you know who Billy Joe Saunders is? Where did I see? I saw his name, like, the other day. He is, he, along with, uh, well, I guess, formerly along with Glovkin and, and along with Canelo, he is a middleweight champion in boxing. Um, he is notorious for kind of just being a third, the third wheel in a division. But um, he's also he was also in the press a little bit because he said Canelo, who's failed like two drug tests, should have been banned from boxing for life. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I did. I remember this. <laughs> so obvious, the, the next obvious step in his story is that he tests positive for drugs for his upcoming fight. Uh, I don't remember the drug exactly that he tested positive for, but it was a weight cutting drug on a voluntary test. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with the fight. It was actually one I was going to go to because Katie Taylor is going to be fighting on the undercard. It's in Boston on the 20th, I believe. Um, so, good good job, Billy Joe Saunders. You did it. Boy, how, the, how, how, how life comes full circle. It's, yeah, yeah. It's poetic. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but our absolute last bit of news, which is still hilarious to me, is that the Bellator welterweight Grand Prix, uh, Grand Prix champion, the ma- the man who will win himself a million dollars, will be paid that million dollars by no one other than Mr. Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson, <laughs> who was popping bottles with Douglas Lima. <laughs> <laughs> that power money is com- is, is, is spreading down. It's trickling down. Oh man! I will say though, like, did, did you see they they put the camera on him during the fight? He looked like he was really he was focusing really hard on that fight. Uh, dude, no. Fifty Cent is a legit combat sports fan. Like he he was super focused. Uh, like when Fifty Cent like something, he goes all in. Like you saw that picture he took at his son's birthday party of like himself dressed up as cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> so like when Fifty Cent likes something, he goes all in. I'll give him that. Um. I was going to say, like, if it wasn't for power, I'd be wondering, like, where the fuck did that million dollars come from? Like, this man claimed bankruptcy, like, three years ago. Hey, man, he, he's, he's doing something right. I mean, that's that's cool, though. You know, extra mil. Yeah. Well, Are they trying to match PFL? Is that what this was? Was this a power move? Uh, this was a smart move. Like, they got somebody else to pay the money that they promised their fighter, as opposed to just paying them out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, yeah, that that is that is a good that's a good move. And now Fifty Cent, anytime he's in town or Bellator's in town, he's just good, easy Instagramable moment for a guy who has like, I'm I'm sure like fifty million uh, Instagram followers. So free publicity. I like it though. Like I I feel like it's a good. It's it's just a different look for Bellator. Like they're they're just. Stirring up the pot a little bit. Like get, uh, get, get, get people talking. On one hand, it's not like they got um like a Jay Z or like or a Dre or like somebody who like 
Fifty Cent is kind of a punchline, just because like he is a he's a forty year old man who acts like he's fifteen, who who's out here trying to troll people. You know, I wouldn't I mean? say trying. He yeah, <laughs> he is very successful. What he does, um, it, like. It, it does have that same cachet, I guess I'm trying to say, but like it, it's still a good look. They got an outside investor to invest a million dollars into something, and all they got to do is hawk his like, what is it, his liquor? Yeah, it's not a bad treat. So, I wonder what because the funniest fucking thing during the whole Bellator card was hearing, who was it? Was it Ronello? Yeah, say get the strap. <laughs> Like Mara, I never want to hear you utter this phrase again. <laughs> <laughs> Delete that from all the little notes you got on the table. I, oh, he oh, his, his apparel line, uh, get the strap apparel, which I never seen anyone ever wear. Oh man, that's funny though. But you know, shout shout out to Bellator out here making moves. You know, trying trying try to spice things up a little bit. I'm looking at it now, and it's just 50 Cent with, like, his uh, a typical, like, New York jacket on that says, get the strap. And one is with him with a pistol, and the other is with a water gun. I just hope somehow that million dollars doesn't uh, somehow disappear at the end of the tournament. <laughs> 50 Cent was just like, just kidding. <laughs> that would be the ultimate troll. <laughs> Oh man! Fifty cents but, um, like buy a kamiak and fuck off. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man! But I guess uh, that's <laughs> I think that's all for uh, for news. News uh, and notes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, news and notes throughout the week. Um, I, I was gonna elaborate on the the Jones Gus thing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a while. Uh, I'll give it a little bit before I actually really dive into that fight. Um, but quick Lauren Hill story that I saw. Um, if you're buying tickets for Lauren Hill in 2018, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You're playing yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, I love, uh, you know, the, the foodies, uh, the score, you know, I love miseducation of Lauren Hill just as much as the next person, but I, I would never pay to see Lauren Hill in concert because she's, there's like an 80% chance she won't be there. Um, she canceled, <laughs> so she canceled the show. In Houston, and I want to say this is a part of like the 20th anniversary for Miss Education. I could be lying, but I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's it's not just a regular tour. Like it, it was to celebrate something. Um, she's on tour with some other people, whatever, whatever. She had postponed like five or six shows, but this Houston show she postponed or canceled because she had a cold. Which, all right, it it happens. Whatever, you got sick, I guess. Um, but to put things in perspective. Um, it is September, at the time of this recording, it is September 30th. She postponed this Houston concert <laughs> until, like, May or August of next year. What kind, I don't know what kind of cold you got that, um, I mean, I've been sick before, um, you know, a week or two. Does she got dates coming up, or, like? Yeah, like, she's, according to the schedule, she's supposed to be pretty busy. Maybe that's it. But May, you might as well just not come back. Like, yeah, just get the people their refund. Yeah, give me my refund. I don't want to see you again May next year. I'm out of here. Give me my sixty dollars or how, how much ever. I, I don't know how much you pay to see Lauren Hill. 
So, um, like, how many years ago was this? Uh, I was, I can't even remember. I was, like, my one of my first two years in college, or maybe my last two years of high school. I went to Rock the Bells. Uh, it was, it was it, I think it was the one headlined by um, Nas. So it was at Governor, uh, Governor's Island up in New York. But the two main, like, co-spots on the, on the building were Snoop Dogg and Lauren Hill. So Lauren Hill doesn't end up showing up for her set. Like, so we, we're all sitting in the crowd. Mind you, there's no seating. So I, by sitting, I mean, we're all standing there. <laughs> um, just, you know, just like, there's no music. Like, fuck all is happening. Like, an hour later, Snoop Dogg hobbles onto the stage. It, it be, like, the dude gets on the mic and is just like, D- guys, it's, I, it's not Snoop's fault that Lauren didn't show up. This is what happens. This is what happens when people don't show up. Like, because I guess Snoop Dogg just showed up just in time to make it to his set. Then Lauren Hill shows up, like, after his set, goes through. Her entire catalog, like the shit she did with the Fugees, like her uh, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, all in like 20 minutes. The band <laughs> plays. Like, th- here's the thing the band doesn't change. Like, they just play the one song. I- I'm not even sure it's like a song from any, like, it's just like, uh, you know, just an arrangement they have for concerts. And she blitzes through 20 minutes of her stuff and then leaves. <laughs> It was surreal. <laughs> that, is, that is that is that is that is a Lauren Hill touring in a nutshell. From 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 what I've heard from from secondhand accounts. Like I'm sure she's great when she's you know. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure like when she's on, she's probably on. But like, like this this woman left recording for like 20 years for a reason. Like she she doesn't want to do this. Yeah, her 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 chakras. Are not fully aligned. She wants to uh, sit at home with the, the Marley brother that isn't Damien. Um, which one is she married to? I have no. <laughs> she she wants to sit at home and like just I, I don't know. Um, uh, Lauren Hill's been aligning her chakras for like thirty years, like, and they're just not aligned yet. So you guys are just like I seriously don't know what Lauren Hill does when she like now that she's. Besides not pay Derek or band members, I don't, I don't know. That's the Robert Glasper. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I just wanted to throw that little side rant out there. I thought that was a funny but sad, but but funny uh, story. So shout out to everybody who who's buying tickets for Lauren Hill in 2018. Stop being an enabler. But let's move on to some fight news, uh, actual fights. So there was actually a lot that went down uh, within these last couple of days. Uh, LFA had a card. Glory had a card. Ryzen, Bellator. So plenty uh, still going on. I think there was some other. I think like Cage Warriors had a card too. A lot, lot went on. You know, even when there's no UFC, still plenty of people getting getting punched and kicked in the face. Um, so I'll start off with uh, Glory 59 Amsterdam. Uh, just go through this a little bit because we can kind of blitz through this pretty fast. Didn't catch every fight, but... Uh, some of the main ones that were worth of note that I did get to watch, uh, starting with the headliner, Rico Verhoeven uh, versus Gudo Innocent. I think that's how they pronounce his name. Um, I don't know. It's kind of Rico being Rico. Like, Guto didn't really have much for him. 
Um, wasn't the most exciting of Rico performances that I've seen as of late, but so it was, it was a Rico. Still... It was a Rico Verhoeven performance. Which, uh, which is what you're saying. <laughs> it, it was still a one-sided 50-45. You know, um, yeah, Gudo, Gudo didn't just he didn't have much for him. Like Rico just kind of picked him apart um, for the, for the better of five rounds. Not not a lot technical wise to. To, to get into really you just if, if you've seen rico dismantle people for five rounds it was kind of like this but i i feel like this one it wasn't as i've seen him like technically break people down and it actually looked like i don't say exciting but like you're kind of impressed like ooh, like he's really putting the beating the brakes off this guy and I feel like this wasn't that. Like it was one-sided, but I it was kind of like I'm just kind of waiting for this to be over. Yeah. But that, to Rico's credit, he's kind of so good that like that n- nobody really has anything for him. Like <laughs> most of the guys they throw in there, he's just he's he's so many levels ahead of them that it it looks boring. Well, um, he's just big. Well, he's big and he can fight for fit, like a hard fifteen minutes. Right. Which you you can't even find those such a dude in the UFC now. UFC, yeah, like for a dude his size, like he can go. Right. Yeah, he he can go the whole time and then not really tired out. And and, and even a a slightly winded Rico is probably still a full, you know. Rico being being half winded is probably like your full. So it's like <laughs> it it doesn't really matter. Like Rico gonna Rico basically. Um. So shout out to him, man. He he went out and did what Rico does. I think that was like his fifth or sixth title defense. Um, at this point, I have no idea who they're gonna bring in to beat or challenge this guy. But you know, R- R- Rico gonna Rico. Yeah. Um. I mean, this dude. We're, we're talking about some dude who fought Bigfoot like last year. Like, let's be real. Like there there is no heavyweight kickboxing division. They all left. Like Ayers retired, the Banner uh, retired. Well, Ayers is dead. Rest in peace. Um, freaking um, what's his name? Honestly, I feel like after like Ga- the Gita, Gita era. Yeah, Gita like, retired. Spong is doing MMA for some reason. Um, freaking who, who who else? Uh, Saki is like is Saki even fighting anymore? Yeah. Oh, there's, I no, don't know. Spong's doing boxing. Saki's doing MMA. That's what I meant. Um. Look at the other dude. But so the only one left is, is Badahari. He's <laughs> that's, that's it. Which is crazy because he, he was the last one. I assume he would have been way gone by now. Uh, he's he's still out here, but they fought already. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like soon enough, like freaking Rico's just gonna have to fight like Derek Lewis. <laughs> right. Like, oh, here's Josh Copeland. Here's Jared Rochelle. He, I mean, like, like Rico might as well just get into MMA, and I think he's fought in MMA before. Yeah, like two, like two, like once or twice, I think. Yeah, yeah. He, he might as well just make the step. Like, I, I think he's just like comfortable because like he he gets money, he gets paid like pretty well. Yeah. Not not just by Glory, but like he's sponsored by like um, Mercedes Benz and like the Netherlands. So like he he's like living comfortably. He's not. I'm sure he's not like a multi millionaire. But he's not struggling. But yeah. The dude's not hard for yeah. A bit of news. Um, while we're recording, Sean O'Malley's out of UFC 229. 
Ah. Um. Hi guys, Sugar Show here. I want to be the first to let you know about what's been going on. As many of you may have seen, the UFC announced this week that they are no longer announcing potential violations of the USADA program because of a high number of unintentional ca- uh, use cases under the uh, under the program, and are instead waiting until the end. I find myself caught up in one of these exact cases right now. Even oh, under the on. new policy, my case would not be public right now. I feel it's important to be upfront and honest with my fans about why I'm not fighting next week. Are these guys going to show up for cards and just, like, nobody bothered to tell the audience that, like, the, that like the, they're not fighting? If O'Malley had not said anything, nobody would know until, like, he didn't show up for an interview this week. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, because I was just listening uh, to an interview with him, um, and they were asking him about uh, his foot injury, and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm... I'm my foot is uh, it's pretty good now. Like he was saying, like he doesn't, he's not running on his foot, but he can pretty much do everything else. And like everything seemed like it was a go. Yeah. Um, now, now we got this. So I've been working with Jeff Nowitzki at the UFC. I believe that we have already identified a dietary supplement that would have caused this. We sent we sent remaining samples from the bottle I took to the USADA lab, and as well as a full sealed bottle. I'm told that testing of these supplements can take as long as 30 days. Jesus Christ. I will continue to update you all with about the findings, but I am I, I fully expect the results will be where I already know that I did not no, I did nothing on purpose. I did nothing on purpose too, Sean O'Malley. It just kinda happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like, come on man, you can't tell me Sean O'Malley's out here roiding. I mean I could believe it. I wouldn't. I don't know. He, he I don't know. I mean, he's not roiding. He's taking something to just stay in the gym longer, probably. If he's doing anything. This this is a mess. You know what? I think baseball had it right when they just turned the blind eye and they just let everybody (laughs) I mean, it it makes the game so much more fun. Like, at this point, like, I I get it, man. You don't want people to cheat. I understand. They don't want people to die. I think that's their main concern. But it seems like in the quest to clean it up, they've somehow made it worse. Like, because I'm I'm convinced that, like, a lot of these, I I mean, we've seen it, though. Like, a lot of these potential doping violations, some of them turn out to be nothing. Like, how long did JDS have to set out only for us to find out that it's like, oh, you're clear, you're good. Nothing, nothing to see here. And it's like, why are we, why are we doing this? I don't know. Just give everybody roids. Just, I don't, I don't know. Make it mandatory. Like this is the WWE. Right. <laughs> like, like no, this is no this. more flyweights, no more bantamweight, no more featherweight, lightweight, welterweight. Everybody's just a heavyweight. Right. <laughs> it just, it just seems so sloppy and inefficient the way it's. Like I understand what they're trying to do, but it's it seems like like there's got to be a better way to go about this. I I don't know I I don't know, but I I hope he gets cleared. I hope it's nothing nothing crazy. Um, that kind of sucks though, man. I was looking forward to kind of seeing him on that card, but it it, it is what it is. But uh, back to Glory, uh, co-main event, which is a fight I definitely want to talk about. Oh wait, wait, really quick. Um, Rico Verhoeven looks like like a, the villain in like an eighties movie. Who would like make a pass at your mother before <laughs> b- before he tears down the nature preserve where you play with your friends? 
Rico's definitely making a pass at mom. <laughs> like, he's trying to marry her to inherit your house. <laughs> I just need to give him, like, an evil mustache. <laughs> like, that's all he's missing. He's got the build, he's got the hair, he just he just needs the evil stash. And he'll, he'll, he'll be on his way. But, uh, <laughs> co-main event of Glory 59. Oh, we had a unification title bout. Alright, forgive me, Lord forgive me, I'm gonna butcher this to, the, to, to death. Uh, Pechman Rong, Pech, Got Mukau. Uh, Pech Panoram. I'm just gonna call him Pech. Pech Panoram. Uh, yeah. We, we had Pech versus uh, Robin... Van Rusmalen. Um, it's not very rare that I've ever uttered this sentence in my life, but uh, Robin Von Rusmalen got worked. Um, <laughs> and it's very rare. I don't think I've ever said that before. I think the last time we said that, like he lost to like Sidichai. Yeah, Sidichai and uh the the wristy fight. Yeah. Ah, oh, that was a good night. That was a crazy night. Oh, dude, I was there um, live. Oh man. I was losing it while watching that from home. Um, nah, man, Patch, Patch just really just legit just outworked him, and it just Robin looked like a deer in the headlights out there. Like he, Patch was just so active, and it it wasn't like he was really cracking Robin with a lot, you know, not like like it was a super beating. He's like got Robin flying all over the ring, you know, about to get KO'd, but it was just like. Constantly just throwing strikes, pumping jabs, kicks are going, body body kicks. Just uh, he was just throwing a lot at Robin, and Robin just could not. He just couldn't get anything going. Like he, it was like he never got started the entire fight. Yeah, um, I thought the this is a rematch from their uh, guy. I can't remember what, when the first fight was. Uh, not too long ago. It might have been last year. Yeah, um, I thought Pichpanaram uh run run that fight too. If I remember correctly. So, um, I don't know. Just vengeance? Because he won every round. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Yeah, this this fight was not close. This this fight was not... But by, like, the third round, I was I was getting nervous. Like, Robin, man, you gotta... Pick it up. You gotta, you gotta, do, you gotta do something, bro. <laughs> this guy's giving you the business right now. Um, but nah, man. Shout out to Patch. He, he... That's about as dominant as you can get without, like, getting a knockout. Like he, he he worked them just pure output, and, and and Robin had no he had no answer. Um, moving on down the card, these next two fights I didn't see, but I'll mention them anyway. Uh, Jamal Ben Sadiq uh, TKO uh, D'Angelo Marshall, uh, Tajani uh, Betsadi defeated Christian Baya. Uh, I wish I would have watched that because Tajani is pretty good from what I remember. Um, but the super fight series, uh, two fights that that will mention. Um, <laughs> One of the meanest KOs you'll see all year, man. Uh, Michael Dute. Where's it, Dutt? Was Dute or Dutt? Uh, Michael Dutt KO'd uh, Murad Bazzotti into another planet. Um, he, he, I think he caught him with like a slick right, and he just like. It was like instant death. You know, if there were no ropes there, he, he would have just. He would have fell head first onto the ground. Yeah. It it was um it was bad. Like it was it, um Dude did the full face grind along the post on the way down. 
Yeah. <laughs> like the 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 post caught him, and he, his his face literally just slid, slid all the way down. So um, that that was nasty. Yeah, that that was an an, an instant R.I.P. <laughs> just blatant disrespect. Yeah, yeah, that was. Def, def, I ain't saying that's KO of the year, but that that'll make like a top ten, top fifteen, uh, sweepage list somewhere. But uh, yeah, shout, shout outs to Michael Dute. And uh, the only other fight I'll mention that I saw, um, welterweight super series, Myrtle Groenhart, Muhammad Jariah. Um, so like the first round was like kind of measured, um, and then in the second round, Growing Heart just went into like a Wolverine berserk mode and just unloaded on Jariah until he killed him. Like <laughs> he just it it was just it was like playing a video game and in the second round Growing Heart just started button mashing, but he knew what he was doing. Like he just unleashed every combo and and strike that he knew and that he could think of. And, uh, Jariah did not make it. He did not make it. Um, so I can't remember if that sets Growing Heart up for a title shot. Because I know, I know Doom Bay's fighting soon. Um, but either way, man, Growing Heart went out there and he put on a clinic in that second round, boy. So, uh, if you did not get a chance to watch, go rewatch the Glory Card. Lots of good fights. Souls Taken. All that good stuff. Uh, so that was Glory 59, Amsterdam. Moving on. Rising 13. Um, shout out to everybody who managed to stay up from Bellator to watch this card. Because y'all are some troopers. Because I, I died and fell asleep. And I uh, had to catch this the next morning. Uh, I guess, first of all, I hope everybody out in Japan is safe. Uh, for those who don't know, <laughs> this card uh, went through some, some difficulties. Um, there was a typhoon out there. Um, they had to switch the order of the cards, uh, I guess, so that people could leave early. Uh, I guess if, you know, if they wanted to. Oh. So, like, the order of this card had got flipped around. Um, but anywho, we will start with the, uh, the, the fight that was the talk of the town. Tenshin Nasukawa, Joji Horiguchi, uh, in a kickboxing match. Um, you know... I don't even know where to start, man. Um, <laughs> it, it was pretty, um, speaking of poetic, uh, I, I think it was pretty cool that Kyojo Horiguchi, like, 12, like, two weeks after, like, his mentor, uh, Kid Yamamoto, died, goes out and has a kickboxing match against arguably the best kickboxer in Japan. Right. Uh, and, I mean, to, to his credit, I mean, he, he lost a unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. He managed to get a few good strikes in. He had, he had a few. Uh, he was he did really well. Yeah, he, he did. It was an interesting like style contrast because like Kyoji still fought like he kind of fought like it was still an MMA match. Like still same stance, still kind of you know those leaping kind of like in and out uh, strikes. So it, it was kind of just cool to kind of see that style clash. Um, and he definitely caught Nasukawa with. Um, a lot of good strikes. Like he, he definitely he held his own. I, I guess as best as as one could. Um, he also had some double legs. <clears throat> he did. <laughs> but, like <laughs> some some pretty blatant ones too. Yeah. Like he ran yeah. the. 
like, yeah, he, he would do the leap and punch and then go to the double leg. Um, yeah, just kind of out of instinct. Um, but no, nah, I mean, he, he held his own, but man, tension, tension is, and we spoke about this before we started recording. Tension's one of those guys that like, I, he, there are just certain people on this earth, I believe, who were just, their purpose on earth is to fight. This is, this is what they were born for. And he's just one of those guys. Like, this is what he was made to do. Like, if you just watch him fight, he just... Horiguchi's a pretty nimble, you know, pretty pretty nimble guy. Nasukawa moves like he's not even on the same, like... They move like they're doing different sports. Right. (laughs) Like, he moves like... I don't know if any of you guys... It's like a Dragon Ball Z moment where, like, Goku does Kaioken, and it's, like, times 100, and he's just, like, a blip on the screen. Like, that that's what Nasukawa does. Like, he moves so fast, but is so, like, efficient and pinpoint. Like, props to Horiguchi, who, like, he got caught with, like, a head kick, and he, you know, he, he made it through that. Uh, <laughs> Tension did one of those little rolling, was it a rolling thunder? He caught him with some kind yeah, of... Yeah, uh, he, he landed. And, yeah, landed. And immediately got up and proceeded to <laughs> continue punching. <laughs> like, he was getting off. Like, he, he kind of did what Tension does. Man. This dude is amazing to watch fight, man. He is, he has, like, technique. He has power. He has speed. He has awareness. He he has poise. He When he gets in rough spots, he never looks rattled. Like, dude is... He he is on another planet, and that um that last round, man. Hor- <laughs> if that last round would have lasted about another thirty forty five seconds, I think tension might have got uh, Horiguchi out of there. Oh uh, yeah, like he, yeah, he, he he was um he he was not all there when the bell rang. Yeah, yeah, tension was unloading. <laughs> like he was unloading at the end of that fight, and. Yeah, Horiguchi got saved by the bell. He was definitely about to be out of there. Um, yeah, man, this, this beautiful performance from from Tension. Um, but you know, shout outs to Horiguchi. Like I said, considering just all the circumstances, I'm pretty sure this week for him has not been the the best week. Um, and he he still won out there. He still performed. He still held his own. Nothing to hang your head and be ashamed about. And it, it, for it was cool to see that. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. It looked like he was having a blast out there. Oh, absolutely, dude! Was <laughs> he was literally smiling <laughs> for like a quarter of the fight. Like he he was having a blast out there. Uh, I don't know if um him and like Tenshin Nasakawa are like boys, like close or anything, but like that like they they have trained together in the past. Like they're not. I would say hostile, but you you know what I mean, like. So it, it makes sense that like he's out there with somebody he knows and. Uh oh well. Stokes is saying that Fedor versus Shell is going to be on Thursday. What? Yeah. <laughs> the Bellator, what are you doing? We'll, we'll come back to that, but no, it makes sense that he's out there having fun with somebody who, you know, he's put in work in with before, so. And like this, like this was all just a game jump. Like, it, it, what's the worst that happens? He goes out there, he gets knocked out by the best kickboxer in the sport. Right, and and a fight that you just 
that you, that you took to see how good you could do. Right. Like, you, you weren't supposed to win this. Like, you holding your own is basically like a moral victory. Yeah, exactly. Like, like we talked about last week, nobody remembers the fact that Masato beat Ken Yamamoto. They remember Ken Yamamoto putting Masato down. And, I mean, if we're being honest, <laughs> Kyoji did, did better against Tension than some of Tension's other people that he's fought. Yeah. <laughs> other people who are, like, actually, like, legit, you know, kickboxers have been doing this their entire life. He he held his own better than, than some of them did. So, you know, kind of is what it is. But great main event. Um, ten, tension is just out of this world. Um, but shout, shout out to Horiguchi. I, I'm glad this fight did happen. It was fun to watch. Um, it, Stokes said, never mind, it's on Saturday. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a lot. About to say they're trying to take that PFL slot, <laughs> but um yeah, Tenshin Asukawa uh, defeats Koji Horiguchi via unanimous decision. Um, so we're, I, I guess we'll kind of skip around this card because we we didn't catch all of it, but there are fights worth of note. Um, Jiri Projaka uh, caught Jake Hume with a right hand. He was, he never, was never the same after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I've seen I definitely seen Jiri fight before, but. Has he always fought like that? It was really weird. Yeah, he had a lot. He had a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like a bootleg version of what Horiguchi does. Yeah, like <laughs> he was, he was doing, and I didn't notice it until like halfway through the fight. Like he is, his movement just like that. He he still uses a movement coach. He's probably one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like the last remaining movement coach. From when that that was a fad that lasted for like six months. I mean, Edo Portales still works for Connor. Jesus Christ, <laughs> he he was definitely doing doing some movement coach uh, things out there. But I, hey, it worked, man. He he blasted Hume with a right hand. Uh, Hume ended up getting back up, but he just ate too many strikes. He he wasn't all there, so that was uh that was kind of the end of that. Um, Darren Crookshank and Diego Brandao. Um, so fight. before he gets a fight, how is Diego Brandao, who basically got cut from the UFC because he pistol whips and dude outside a club, the second most reprehensible person on this card? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, <That's... laughs> maybe he turned his life around. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but. Uh... He didn't make it out of this one alive. Mm. No, he did not. You know what the funny part is? He looked at. He looked like he was actually like ready to go three rounds. For some, like he, he was really, he was still aggressive, but it wasn't like he he didn't look. Like he was about to fade, you know. But right before he died. Yeah, I'm glad Crookshank found a home over here. Like I feel like Ryzen is like really perfect for his style and just what he does. You can just. Just come over here and just have these just fun fights so you can just be nice and flashy. He doesn't have to win every time out to have a job. Right. Um, yeah, it's perfect for him because he's, he's a very inconsistent dude. Uh, he, uh... But he's inconsistent you know, in a fun way. Yeah, and he, he... he His flash was in full motion. You know, he, he had his spinning back kicks going. Um, all, all of the flashy, you know, crookshank things you would normally see he, he was doing. And uh, Brandau, uh, he, you know, 
the knee that you don't see. <laughs> I don't think he was ready. Um, flying knee, instant death. All right. Like no get, no getting back up. No second chances. Ducked right into it. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was, it was oof. Why is he at lightweight? Brando. Uh, because he didn't want to cut weight no more. I think it's that simple. Um, right. you know who should be in Ryzen? I, 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 I'm, I don't know what happened to him since he got cut from the UFC. Um, but what happened to Maximo Barco? Oh man, that that's a dude who was built for JMMA. Like, I'm not sure if he got like arrested or something. Yeah, I don't. I don't God, I remember one once upon a time. <laughs> my friend, shout out to my homie Davon. He he had, I, I didn't know about Blanco before the UFC and he was sending me his videos and he made me sip the tea, man. I was a believer. <laughs> it did not it did not work out. I mean he just kept getting into freaking trouble in the fight twice. Before eventually he just like his violence streak just stopped working. Yeah. Like if if the Pahili fight had happened in the rising ring, he would have won. He just did not pan out. Him and, him and Crookshank would be fun, though. He should go over there if he isn't, you know, who knows what he's doing. Hopefully he's not in trouble somewhere. I mean, as far as I can tell, he's just, like, not fighting. Oh, Blanco, if you can if you can listen, this podcast somehow makes it to your neck of the woods. You know, go, go over to Japan and bring bring your violence where it'll be appreciated and they'll just keep bringing you back as long as you are able to throw a punch and a kick. You'll, you'll, you'll have a job. But uh, that was that fight. Uh, Crookshank via flying knee of death to Diego Brandau. Uh, Miyu Yamamoto uh, defeated Andy Wynn uh, via wrestling. <laughs> uh, unanimous decision. Um, but didn't like her brother die recently or something? She's kid Yamamoto. Says oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. She is. She is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I almost want to edit that out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, don't don't pay me any money. Um, uh, <laughs> what, like, what was really cool was like after she won the fight, like she was dropping the back for an armbar when the bell for the third rang, uh, the third round rang. Um, and she just kind of falls back and leans back, and you see her point up at the sky and like just start to cry. It, it was really touching. She she went out there. She and it seemed pretty one sided. I didn't watch the whole fight. I kind of fast forwarded through it because we were about to record. But the the gist of the fight seemed to be I'm just gonna take you down because you kind of can't stop me. Yep. I mean that's all her fights. Like she she takes them down and they either submit her or she grinds them out so win. And that's what she did. My this is a rematch by the way. Um, win armbarred her in their first fight. So. But she was able to come back and get the decisive one. So props to her. She's out here doing that at 44 years old. Hey. That's what's up. So shout out to her. Um, next fight. Miracle Crow Cop. Rocky Martinez. Um, fortunately it ended via doctor stoppage. Uh, you know. just This was a heavyweight fight. <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess you could say. I, I will say this: Rock Rocky Martinez fought a very good fight. Yeah, like he he he's a pretty he's a decent heavyweight. Like he can, for a man his size, he can he he can he can move a little bit. He can throw. He can, he can throw in pretty decent combinations. Um, I was kind of disappointed that they stopped this, and I guess it was because like the blood just wouldn't. Yeah, because it didn't look like the cut itself was really that. They're not a big blood um sport uh, uh country. Yeah, because for, for for those who didn't see the fight, uh, they had a moment where I, I think they were in the corner, and uh, Crow Cop uh, blasted Martinez with a nice uh, short elbow, and it kind of cut him like on the very like right by like his hairline, and you know blood started trickling down to his face. Um, the cut itself didn't really look that bad, but I guess the blood just wouldn't stop flowing, uh, so they stopped it. Oh, uh, and round, uh, actually, that was, a, yeah, that was still round one, actually, uh, when they stopped it. And it seemed like it was on its way to, like, a decent fight. But, some, somewhat of an anticlimactic finish, but, you know, good good win for Crow Cop. He's still out here at however old he is. Wasn't this his first fight in the, they didn't fight since he retired, right? um, like, what, six months ago? Nine months ago? No, see, I don't. I, I don't even keep track of retirements anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this is either his first or second fight since he retired, basically. No, this was the second fight because he was supposed to fight Roy Nelson at um in May. Pulled out with an injury. Um, but they wanted him to face like the winner of the heavyweight tournament or something. I can't remember. It's been a minute. But yeah, he fought last uh last December. New Year's Eve. So he he's, he's still out here handling business. Um I'll mention quickly, even though I did not see it, uh Ayaka Hamasaki uh defeated Mina Kurobe via Kimura. I didn't see the fight, but I saw just like a picture of the Kimura and it looked pretty nasty like she was about to yank her entire arm off. So uh shout outs to Hamasaki. Um <laughs> I will let you commentate this Bob Sepp. Uh yeah. I'll 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 let you take this. So I guess domestic violence um prosecutor, defender, whatever need money too. So Bob Bob Sepp took another fight. Um How how do you describe the indescri- like the indescribable? Like Bob Sepp fought <laughs> After like thirty seconds, um, this gentleman, um, Osuna uh, Osuna Arashi, was wailing on him in the corner, like just like straight, you know, flappy left and right hooks. <laughs> that that on any other night would have been enough to stop Bob Sapp, because Bob Sapp would have turtled up. Uh, crawled into a little ball on the ground and just got uh, gave up and got home after he got paid his money. That's not what happened. He curled up into a ball. Asuno, Ra- As- Asuno Arashi got tired. Bob Saps just like circles out the corner and the crowd erupts. Not because they're surprised. Not, <laughs> not because he made some like valiant escape, but that Bob Sapp did not give up. After immediately facing difficulty, <laughs> um, and from there it was uh, how do you describe like it was a slap boxing fight? 
<laughs> where they managed to both cut each other open. Um, Osuna Arashi got tired first. And it was just like, he would throw the right hand and then throw it back the other way. It's like a back fist because he didn't want to use his left hand. Um, and then the third round came around. Mm. And um, mm. we y'all gave so much shit to Kimbo and Dada. But at least they tried, you know? <laughs> like, maybe Dada got knocked out by gravity. Because he threw a punch too hard and missed it. Just fell over. <laughs> but at least he showed heart, you know? This was... Bob Sapp... Uh, like, Bob Sapp was too tired to chase Osuna Rashi down. And he just kept circling away. <laughs> and at one point, they were just staring at each other. <laughs> for a solid 10 seconds. And like, this is... Away. <laughs> and this... This isn't even an exaggeration. They literally like. <laughs> it was like at that moment they both were second guessing like everything. Like why are we, why are we here? Do we really need to do this? Remember that like the, the gift that was going around after the Andre Arlovsky Frank Mir fight, where it was just both of them staring at each other, and then like at the bomb they had the little Xbox thing that said, um, "Control." Um, player controller not plugged in. <laughs> it was like that. Except the, ang- the angles like the angles of from like the fo- uh, like from like the fo- the video work was just like oh this is a really tense moment. But you could just tell in their face that they were too tired to walk towards one another and they didn't want to fight anymore. I feel like they were both looking like why don't you just go down and then I can win and then Bob was like, No, why don't you go down so I can win? My first thought when I watched that clip was, oh, they're powering up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's time for the final attack. Like, I'm just, oh, man. I'm really tired. Like, I'm going to just circle away anytime he tries to come forward. Like, this is, this is worse than Houston Alexander, Kimbo Slice. Oh, yeah, this this was much worse. Like, this, like when, we, when we say they literally stared at each other for, like, a good 10 to 15 seconds, that, that is a literal statement. Like, they stopped, and they looked, and it was just... They were just like, what are we doing with our lives? Right. <laughs> Oh, and did we mention this led to Bob Sapp winning via unanimous decision? His first win, I believe, in seven years. I mean, so uh, yeah, I'm assuming like somebody backstage. So Bob, you have to go out there and win. Like it's bad enough we signed you while you have all this domestic violence like shit going on in the background. Like if you don't bother to put on a show, what are we paying you for? Right. Besides like bad so, publicity. Bob Sapp. One out and Bob set. Um, like, oh my god, I'm watching it again and like, <laughs> like they're, they're not even the stairs, they're just staring at each other. Right, <laughs> like hands by the waist. Hands by the waist, like, just <laughs> glaring and like breathing really heavy. Bob Sapp <laughs> <laughs> just like lurching forward. Oh, if I can, if I can find a still pick, that might be the picture of this episode. Please. 
Oh, God. I didn't even mention yeah, with, he... like, 16 seconds left in the fight, the referee gave them both yellow cards. <laughs> I didn't know that. So they lost, like, a percentage of their purse. Oh, man. Yeah, if you guys didn't watch that fight. Oh, my um... God. Bob Saffin faking his right hand. I forgot about that. He was trying to, like, hit him with the jab, so he was just, like, pumping out his, his right hand. But it was literally as slow as humanly possible. Oh, and it boy. wasn't even at him. It was, like, to the left, to the right of him. So he would just, like, throw it to his right and then throw a jab. That was, that might that might have been the most heavyweight fight of all time. This is, this is an MMA classic. Yeah. Like, that's it. Well, this is this is on Mount Rushmore with Kimbo and uh Kimbo Dada, Kimbo and Houston. <laughs> this is <laughs> all the Kimbo slice fights. Yeah, this is this is up there. This 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 was one for the ages. All um, the weird JMMA fights, like Jesus. like this one. This is why we love the sport. We get moments like these that you just you'll cherish forever. You get people like Tenshin Nasakawa and Kyoji Horiguchi, who exemplify the best of the sport. Facing off with, uh, in the same ring on the same night as shit like Bob Sack versus the sumo wrestler. Hey man, you gotta well, 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 well rounded is rising. <laughs> but how was that fight? The um, crowd was into it. Yeah, they they love Bob Sack. They shouldn't. But he's <laughs> for some reason the man is a treasure. I will never understand it, but hey, man, it's, it's all in the smile. That goofy ass smile. <laughs> uh, the last fight I guess I mentioned, uh, Manel Cape uh, won via a rear naked choke against Yusaku Nakamura. Um, I did not get a chance to catch this fight though, but uh, Manel Cape's cool, so figured I would throw that in. Oh uh, yeah, um, it was a good fight. All right, I watched it. Um. Mm. Oh, so, he, he bloodied up Nakamura and had him like bleeding from the mouth, but he also choked him out along the ropes. So when they when they went like he was uh, Nakamura went unconscious. So when um when when the like, like the ref stopped the fight, Nakamura's head is like leaning up against the ropes with his wide, eyes wide open and blood just dripping out of his mouth. Ooh. Yeah, no, it was. That was one of those fatality moments. Yeah, it was like, okay, that was... This looks way worse than it actually was, but... I kind of get why people don't like this sport. Yeah, it is... It can be very savage and unforgiving. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody's gonna kill me for that Yamamoto blunder. Yeah, man. <laughs> you control. You control the show, bro. I do. I could edit it out, but... I take my L's. I own up to my losses. See, I would have made us record the whole fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after we just gave this man a whole tribute last episode, and that just completely... Oh, also, shouts to Ryzen for their Kid Yamamoto tribute, um, where they got a bunch of his old uh, opponents to just talk about him. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm actually kind of mad. I did not get a chance to see the tribute. I hope there's like a clip of that or something. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to catch yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. I'll send it to you if I find it again. Yeah, so. RRP Kid Yamamoto. Please don't judge me for that blunder. Somebody's angrily typing away and unsubscribing. Yeah, man. I pop. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's been a long day, bro. It has. It's been a long day. 
Um, but that was Ryzen 13. Um, it's another fun Ryzen card, pretty much. Like, this is what Ryzen does, man. They they just give us fun fights. Like, this is, like, the one organization that I watch, and I don't really care about, like, title shots and who's champ and who's, like, necessarily the best. I just want to see fun fights. And, and this... Ryzen gives that to me on a consistent basis. Exactly. So uh, that's what you want. Yeah. So shout out to Ryzen. Um, so that was Ryzen thirteen. Um, Can't wait for them to do um, what's his name? Uh, what's the Gracie they have on roster who doesn't want to fight for them anymore? Kron. Yeah. Can't wait for Kron Gracie's versus Ryan Hall. Kron <laughs> and Ryan Hall. Yeah. Oh God! After he kills BJ and. Yeah, that's a thing. But, anywho, moving on to the uh, main event of the evening, I guess. Bellator 206, Musashi versus McDonald went down uh, on the zone. Yeah, uh, why can't we just call it Dazen? It is the no, zone, but like, why why can't we just call it da- uh, Dazen? It just sounds better. Like, the zone sounds like. A beer commercial. No, no, maybe some secret marketing. Maybe they think that's like what the cool kids would call get, it. Get in the yeah. zone. Auto the zone. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter said it was Daz and Corrupt. <laughs> I think that was uh, Grabaka. I think that was it. See, that, that's a good one. That's... That was a good one. Shout, shout out to Grabaka. Uh, that, was, that was a good one. <laughs> but, um, so you know, if you, if you, uh, so did you, did you, did you watch this on the zone? I, I did, I did. How do you, uh, how do you, how you feel about the the interface and all, all that good stuff? Um, so the reason I didn't end up watching Glory or um, Bellator Live yesterday was my mom got married in um, Point Pleasant. Hey. Yeah, so I had to go. I, I drove two hours there in the morning and drove two hours back. So obviously, I was tired as hell. Yeah. So like, as soon as we got home, like I, I I flipped on my phone to like turn the thing on, fell asleep, woke up in time for Rory um, uh, Gaggard, and like after the fight was over, I, I tried to like go back through, and like I had to I had to skim. Yeah. Like they didn't like fight like. Fight Pass has all its problems, but one thing I really like is if you if you're rewatching a card, it'll have the fight um, it'll have the fight separated. Separated, yeah. So you can just pick what you want to see. Yeah, yeah. So like I, that, like other than that, like it was fine. Like, um, I, I had some HD quality issues. Like it, it was showing in like, I'm going to say two it's like two forty. Yeah, like it, it was not great at first, but like. Eventually, it worked out. Like, I, I watched it again this morning. It was fine. Um, but, like, interface-wise, it was it was fine. Like, I, yeah. did you ever figure out, if, uh, is, is it really just only on your phone? Okay, no, it's not. Right. I found that out because I watched it on my laptop. All right. So, no, you, you can watch it. Uh, I watched it on my laptop. I actually just plugged my HDMI out to my TV so I could watch it on my TV screen. Uh, yeah, and for those who have, if you haven't used the zone, I mean, like, it's, it's nothing really crazy. It's a pretty simple layout. It's very self-explanatory um but yeah like you said kind of my only drawback that i hope they'll correct is when you if you go back to watch any card you can't pick like oh i just want to watch gay versus roy 
or I just want to watch, uh, you know, Aaron Pico. Like you have to skim through the entire thing to find where they're at. Um, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at it now, and they do have replays for like McDonald Musasi and Jackson Silva, but and but I'm not seeing ones for like the Pico fight. Like I see highlights. So maybe they maybe they upload them later. I guess. So maybe I guess for the meantime they just give you the full stream. Yeah. And maybe at a later time they individually uh individually throw them up. But I mean either way it seemed pretty cool. But you know, I don't think I'm gonna keep it because I I can't pay them nine ninety nine a month. Paying enough people nine ninety nine a month. Can't add you guys on the bill. You know. But uh, if um so I I just found this out because like I just got it yesterday. They have KSW. Oh. Yeah, like they they're they're broadcasting KSW next week. Uh, KSW forty five, DeFreeze versus Bedoff. Um, I I knew they had the um the what you call it the uh the World Boxing Super Series. They're also gonna be doing that. Um. So like, I'm looking for like those are things I want to watch. Um, I'll squeeze this out for the month. Then. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, they had something else that I saw that I was like, "Whoa, I can't believe you guys have that." Um, it might have been, just been KSW, but like they had Groves versus Smith last Friday, which is good. They had Joshua versus Pivekin, which is good. Um, they have all of um, Matchroom Boxing's cards coming up. Like if they, it, it'll change month to month. But I feel like I'm just going to like cancel on the months where they don't have anything I want. And it, like for if they have like a boxing super series fight card coming up, I'll watch that. You know, like I'm not gonna sit here and freaking pay the month for Khan versus Vargas or something. Right. I don't, I don't really care. But it's good though. They have, they have pretty decent content though. That's that's good. Yeah, I mean, according to um, was it Tom Loeffler, uh, Golovkin's promoter, the Zone, uh, ESPN. And I guess ESPN Plus show and Showtime are kind of in like a little proxy war, um, for boxing content because they're really trying to corner the market on sports. Um, I think Fox is in there somewhere, but they just got um they spent a shit ton of money on the WWE, so you know. But um, yeah, like everybody's just trying to fill their coffers with like uh, streaming stuff. Like they they need. Some, they need something to stand out, so like that's where all this money's coming from in boxing, and that's where how Bellator ends up with like a hundred million dollar idea a year deal, despite the fact that Bellator probably isn't worth a hundred million dollars. Hey, well, whatever keeps the money bags flowing. I mean, so. whatever works, because apparently, according to Vanderlei, he's getting paid a million dollars for this fight. So that's all three hundred k. I saw 300 k yeah. but he said a million dollars. I'm assuming that's with bonuses and shit. But, I, right, but he lost, so he might not get that. So, whatever. Right. Spoilers. Even, <laughs> <laughs> even if it is just 300 k man. Hey, that, that's not bad. I'll, I'll take it. But, uh, shout out to the zone. Um, but, on to the card. Bellator 206. Starting from the top. Gay guard versus Rory. Um, so I tweeted right before this fight started. Uh, my hot take for this fight. I don't even know if it's really a hot take, but uh, I said that this fight would start off slow, and then by the time it really got going, that Gay guard was gonna give Rory the business. Um, and that was kind of what happened. Yeah, even though I won't say it actually started off slow, cause he got to that jab pretty quick. Um, 
Gegard jabbed Roy. I don't, I don't know what the count was, but it seemed like a thousand. And um, these were like some of the stiffest jabs <laughs> that I've ever seen. Like he was snapping Roy's head back like constantly. Right. Um, every single time he jabbed him. And <laughs> about like a minute or two into this fight, I was just kind of looking around at Roy and I was like, I don't think he has anything for Gegard. I don't think this is going to work out. Because like the one good strike that he landed, like he, I think he had caught Gegard with like an overhand right that kind of like clocked him on like the side of the head. And Gegard just kind of walked through it like nothing really happened. And after that landed, I was like, Roy, if you don't get a takedown, and even that's not really a guarantee, as we saw, but, you know, if if you can't mix it up somehow, I don't see how you win this fight. Yeah. Um, and So, like, I was thinking about the fight last week because I hadn't really thought about it um, before the fight, and I was like, dude, Roy's going to be a lot smaller than Gegard, who fought at 205 pounds and wasn't exactly small. Like, he's not a better striker than him. So if he and like we've seen smaller dudes like Robbie Lawler not be able to take get uh you know like that Rory wasn't able to take down so like what exactly does he have to offer here? He's not he's not a vicious one punch knockout guy. He didn't exactly bulk up for this fight because he said that's what fucked GSP over in his fight with uh Bisbang. Despite the fact he won it, he felt he could, he could have won it a little bit more cleaner. Um, like. What exactly does Rory McDonald have for these bigger dudes, you know? Yeah, I I, I would hope this was a one-off. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's made for 185. Probably not. Like, he... This this was a pretty one-sided fight. Uh, Gegard dominated pretty much all facets of this fight. After the first round, I was like, Rory, you, you, you gotta mix it up and try takedown. <laughs> he attempts, like, a rolling... Uh, yeah. he, like, died for a knee or something. The Imanari roll, yeah. Yeah, and that, um, that pretty much was the beginning of the end. He didn't get it. Gegard got on top of him, and it was a wrap from there. Um, he just kind of beat on Rory, bloodied his face up, and, yeah, he, he just kind of rained down some blows until Rory couldn't take it anymore, yep. and the ref got, had to get in there. So, um, before this fight, I picked Rory to win the tournament. I don't think he's making it through the tournament. Like, somebody's going to beat him. Like, th- this was like... Uh, if, that, um, if that Lawler fight, that second Lawler fight, ruined like the rest of his prime and like completely changed up his game, like this fight just kind of just probably just took all his confidence. Uh, like, it's not even that, like, because I, I, knowing Rory, like, he's probably, like, like, I think I saw something like this where he was tweeting, like, you know, you win some, you lose some, I'll be back. Um, and normally I'd be down with it, but, like, it, it seemed pretty clear that once Gegger touched him with the jab, like, his confidence just flew out the window. He was just desperate to get to the ground. To me, like, when I look at Rory now, <laughs> even in the fight, even in, like, the, the, um, the Lima fight that he won. I just, I think his body is just kind of like, I don't think his body can keep up with what he wants to do. I think he's just so war-torn at this point that, like, 
he can't get into those firefights anymore. He can't take the kind of damage that he used to. So if you get a dude like Gegard who can just kind of touch you up a little bit, like yeah, he, he oh, oh, maybe old Roy, and I'm not saying old Roy would have won, but maybe he would have been able to like last a little longer. Maybe found a way to survive a bit more. But he's kind of been in so many battles that it's just like I, I don't think he can take it anymore. Um, yeah, no, um, I agree one hundred percent. Like, and that tournament's like around the corner. I mean, they, they it started last night. It, it started, but like his, I feel like his fight is it, it can't be too long for me. I don't, I don't think they gave a date because they didn't know what was going to happen in this fight for the John Fitch fight. But they, they do know it's going to be against John Fitch. Uh, I can check though. And just to like. Give, give some props to Gegard, man. Because I, I was thinking, uh, and really props to both of them. I, I was thinking, between Gegard and Roy, they they have a, some a really, like, impressive resume of just, like, people they fought, people they beaten. Um, you look at Gegard, uh, Hector Lombard, Melvin Monhoof, Jacare, Mark Hunt, uh, Babalu, um... Uh, who, who, who else? I'm scrolling down the list. OSP, Alir Latifi, Mark Munoz, Dan Henderson, Costa Filippo, Talis Latis, Tiago Santos, Vitor, Wadman, Shlomenko. Like, <laughs> this dude has been in the sport for a pretty long time. Or he's fought. You know, he, he's got a lot of fights under his belt. And he, he's one of those guys who, like, if you look at his record, it, it's not a lot of, it's not a ton of, you know, squash matches at least as of late like he's fought a lot of names and he's beaten just a lot of really recognizable fighters right um he's still a top middleweight just you know, he is a number two middleweight yeah like a lot of people i just say that because a lot of people have the kind of they have this thing like if you're not in the ufc no more that somehow you're not the top you know fighter i, I still feel like there are people who think that way Th this guy left the ufc as one of the top middleweights, and that hasn't really changed at all. In my opinion, now that you know Romero is probably out the middleweight title picture for good, or at least until uh, Whitaker loses, drops the belt. He, he, uh, Gegard is the only dude I see beating him in the immediate future. Yeah. So, shout out to Gegard. Um, I I think I saw something uh, where he said, uh, Carl, no, not Carvalho, um, he thinks Lovato Jr. Lovato Jr., uh, Machida with some serious drug testing, and then probably 205. Yeah, I'm not saying that. At this point, <laughs> he could legit go up to 205 and, uh, probably take that one, too. So, uh, hold on, who, who, who's 205 champ right now? Ba Bader. Is it Bader? Yeah, it's still Bader. He's... I'll be interested, but... Bader, Davis, Kingbo rematch. Um, like Bellator has a decent like, heavyweight division. This is not fun to watch, but like they the, the, they are top ten talents. Yeah, but props to Gegard. Yeah, I don't know who's gonna. I mean, Gegard a heavyweight. <laughs> He's the true alternate. Exactly. Like, dude, oh, tell man. me, tell me, he couldn't beat Matt Mitrion. Like, come on. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, get get guards that dude. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if by like I'm not even gonna say twenty twenty.
or or at least he's middleweight and maybe he fought for the light heavyweight champ and lost to like whoever's the champ at the time. But yeah, Gegard is continues to just be legit. Um, he 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 put a slacking on Rory. There's kind of no other way to 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 really put it. But uh. Shout out to to, to Gay Shout out to Roy for even stepping up and you know Dare to be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um co main event. Rampage Jackson, Vanderlei Silva. Sometimes I loathe watching the old guys fight, but it's not so bad I guess when they fight each other. Um, old man old man getting paid. Yeah. And they both seem to have done that. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be fair. I, I rag on the old guys a lot. Um, not that this was like a great fight, but it wasn't bad. Like for two gentlemen who are, I believe they're both in their forties or at least forty. Yeah. To, for for two gentlemen who are in their forties, who've had the kind of careers that they've had. Um. This fight was pretty much, I, I guess, what you would expect. Like. Two guys who, if you've watched Rampage and Vandalay from from the beginning, way back in the day, dating back to them fighting each other and everybody else that they've fought collectively, just two guys who just kind of stand and bang. They're not about the wrestling life. They're not about the jujitsu life. They're just they're just trying to kill people. <laughs> they just kind of stood. Well, all right, I can't say they stood and threw the entire fight because there was a moment. Not not even moment. Vandalay spent a lot of the fight like just kind of circling the outside. And, and Rampage wasn't too happy about that, but you know they would they would circle or Ramp Vanderlei would circle around. They'd eventually meet up, throw some strikes. They both kind of clipped each other. Um, they, they eventually just had these little mini violent spurts until one of them couldn't go anymore. Right. And <laughs> Rampage got the better of the last violent spurt with a right hand. That when he threw that right hand, when I just saw the power that was behind, I was like, "Oh yeah, Vandalay's done. He's not. This this is over." And he caught that right hand. He instantly hit the ground, caught some ground and pound, and Rampage evens the series now at two and two. Um, that means we got a fifth one. Yeah, the fifth one's going to be under Golden Boy uh, next year. That's my prediction. See if if Bellator is smart and for. And you know, God help us all. Chuck Liddell does the damn thing. That's the fight they make for Rampage next. <laughs> uh, they don't don't care if you gotta do co-promotion, whatever you gotta do. That's the fight you want next. But God. you know, none of us want it, but we all want it. <laughs> <laughs> none of us want it, but if it happens, we all want it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh like, man! Yeah, because like a lot of dudes who Rampage probably should be fighting, like, are inexplicably in UFC title contention. Just a little nog, um, <laughs> and Shogun, or or are or have finally just wisened up and just retired. Just on Mike Bisping. Well, yeah. uh, Belfort's out there, presumably a free agent. Finally, maybe if if he's to be believed. Those two could, could could probably throw down. Though you know what, I don't know though, because uh, I feel like if they throw down outside of the UFC, we're gonna we're gonna get a TRT tour. He's gonna be back. I mean, does anybody really care? Probably not. But I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be at a soccer stadium in Brazil. 
Let's be real. They can have all other Brazilians on that card. <laughs> we got, I don't know. We Machida, Vander Silva. I'll, I'll, I'll give Rampage this much. As much as I rag on the old guys, like, obviously he's not the Rampage of old. But he didn't look like completely washed. No, Duke still got like, torque. Yeah, he still he still got torque. He he's not as fast as he used to be, but he he can still he can still get the job done. Like I mean, obviously I don't I don't you know he's not gonna be a champ, you know I I wouldn't think, but you you throw him in there, he can still throw. He he can still get you out of there. Yep, get them dudes who are not like get them kickboxers who are not freaking half their age, half his age. Um, yeah, and, and won't spam takedowns on yeah. him. Yeah. You can get him out of there. Yeah, he so. could be in some fun stuff. And that's all you really want. That's all you want from these dudes. Yeah. Fun fights. Don't leave anybody feeling sad and depressed. You know, just do what you gotta do and collect your check and move on. Yeah. Go back to Southwest. Twitch streaming or whatever. <laughs> that was the rampage. Uh, shout out to both of them, you know. Vanderlei, uh. Bring, bring, bring him back a classic for the, the, the fourth time. Um, number five pending, I'll say. This is the next fight. Douglas Lehman. Oh, right, right, right. Douglas Lehman and, and Korshkov. Uh, Andre Klo. This, this, this was an interesting... <laughs> I feel like all of the things that um, I would normally complain about Lima, I had complaints for about Korskov. Even though Lima kind of did the same thing, but he was a bit more effective. Um, Lima is not, for all of the talent that he's talented about the way I think on this planet, and another thing he does really good that I don't think people pay attention to, he doesn't get hit a lot. He's very good at, like, not taking a ton of damage. Could also be related to he's not, like, the most active guy. Yeah. But either way, rarely do you leave a Douglas Lima fight and he's been brutally beaten, minus Ben Askren and uh, the Roy fight where he got taken down in, in the latter half of that fight. But <laughs> it just seemed like a lot of this fight... You know, Lima getting off those leg kicks, which lands those are very brutal and I would imagine extremely painful. Korshkov caught the wrath of some of those. I, I just don't really know what, looking at the fight, like what Korshkov's game plan was. He pushed him against the fence a lot. And shout outs to Lima. Had the, 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 the Jose Aldo takedown defense going. Like, <laughs> he, he was not getting taken down. Like, he... he he was finding his way, stuffing takedowns, getting out of bad spots, uh, hopping on his leg a lot, <laughs> managed to not get takedowns. So shout out to him for the for the takedown defense. But it, it seemed like I I don't know what Korshkov was trying to do, like other than push him against the fence. Take him down. Like where? Am, take but, but there him down was and no. But there was just no. Like after like round three, <laughs> it just seemed like that wasn't working, and he never like. I mean, obviously, Lima's the kind of guy, you can't go in and blitz him because he's one of those rare cases that he's just as dangerous moving backwards as he is forward. Right. Like, you, you move in, he'll step back and blast you, and next thing you know, I mean, that's literally how their last fight went. Like, 
Korshkov got a bit overzealous, tried to go in. Lima, I, I think, had like his back against the cage and still ended up flatlining him. So he, he just possesses that kind of power that you always have to be wary of. But, yeah, man, Korshkov just, he couldn't get any takedowns and there was just kind of no plan B. And, like I said, props to Lima. Takedown defense was on point. Leg kicks were on point. He, he wasn't the most active, but when he threw, he was effective. When they had exchanges, he seemed to get the better of them. He caught, he clipped uh, Andre with a nice right hand that uh, stumbled him. I think that was in like round four. Um, uh, stumbled him with a right hand. He, yeah, Lima just did more. He was able to do more and just get out more offense and land the harder and more effective shots. And Korskov just, once there was no takedown, there, there wasn't, I don't know much else. Yeah. Why are there fireworks going off outside? Is that what those are? Yes. <laughs> I thought that was like a dog whining. No, that's a fireworks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, those are my thoughts. Just really good performance from Lima. Like I said, he it wasn't the most output, but, like, when he threw, he was effective. Great takedown defense, and he landed all of the hardest and cleanest and just most effective uh, most effective shots. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention, he, he won by <laughs> he won by a rear naked choke. Which was kind of wild because um, you, you normally just think of Lima as a knockout artist, but um, didn't was it did he stunned he stunned Korshkov before the choke? I didn't rewatch this fight. Um, if I remember correctly, Korshkov shot for a takedown. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he shot for a takedown. Uh, Lima stuffed it, and then he proceeded to just like instead of just getting back up, he just kind of gave him strikes like while they were on the ground. He was sneaking in like punches in between his. Uh, not in between his guard. I don't know what I'm trying to he, say. He, 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 <laughs> uh, he swung around to his back, yeah, yeah, a few punches, yeah. and then proceeded to get back mount and got the rear choke. So yeah, and he sunk it in extra deep. Like Korskov went to sleep. Um, and a really good performance from Lima. Um, surprise! Uh, this was a grind, like a like a real grind. Like uh, Korskov ate. So many leg kicks. Um, like you can see his like calf like cramping up and everything. Um, just like a bunch of clips riding along the cage. Uh, like lots of body work. Um, not, you know, lots of attempted wrestling. Um, this still solid fight. Um, stop, uh, like there was enough action and enough going on to keep you intrigued. Um, yeah, no, just like an all-around great performance from Lima because I think I had him winning either three or one, three of the first four rounds or all four of them. Like it was completely his fight. Um, like I guess my only critique would be, yeah, you know, you don't have to stay in those clinch exchanges with him along the fence. You could have just broke off and threw a little something, but <clears throat> no, this was great for Lima. Like it, he didn't sound tired. That's the crazy part. Like, in the post-fight, like, he didn't look tired at all. Like, Lima, a dude who, when he throws, he throws with, like, 100%. You expect him to be tired, but he, he was still hanging in there. He was not even hanging in there. He was still fine. Like, wasn't breathing hard or anything. Um, how do we end up with, like, this Diego Lima and Bellator and the other one in the UFC? <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. 
no idea how that happened. Like, I know the other one got in through tough, but like, you know, the the, the shitty end of the stick. Oh yeah, Doug Douglas is Douglas. There. Yeah, he he out he out here. Yeah. You know, I'm glad he isn't Bellator though, because like for the longest, and I can't even say just for the longest, like. I just like seeing other guys outside of the UFC that are just like elite, and uh, I feel like he's one of those. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Like he, if he came to the UFC, I'm not saying he'd be champ, but he'd flatline somebody. Right, right. Um, some, some, somebody would die. I mean, be was he DB Larkin or am I daydreaming? Yeah, yeah, he beat Larkin. Yeah, like Larkin was a top ten dude in the UFC. Like, you, you can't tell me the, uh, Lima would not have like flat, not flatline or break um. Neil Magny's leg, or something like that. So yeah, so yeah, he would. Yeah, his legs are skinny too. He instant snap. <laughs> yeah, so you know, great performance from Lima. Um, who, uh, what side of the bracket is he on for the tournament? Is he on the same side as Roy McDonald, or is he on the side? No, he gets uh he gets the winner of MVP and Daily. Oh, yeah. Good luck with yeah. that. With them at the from the other side, because I think Lima beat Daly already. Yeah, he beat Daly. I want. I, I would love to see Lima in MVP. I talk about chicken legs. Um, <laughs> dude, like it, it would make an interesting test because Lima's probably the be- oh, he is the best leg kicker in this division. So, um, seeing him like, and that's always been the like MVP style is not new. Um. What's his name? Raymond Daniels. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm trying to think way back. Like this, I'm. I'm not even going to call it like Western style karate that focuses so much on like movement and like staying on the outside and everything. Like the key. There's a reason American kickboxers have been so bad. It's because most like nine times out of ten, all you gotta do is like kick them really hard a few times and like their style completely falls apart. And that's what and that's what I see when I see MVP style. I'm like, okay, this is a guy who, if you try to go hand to hand with, like, um, you know, you, you're gonna be like, he's he's got a speed advantage on you. But if you try to kick, if you kick his base out from underneath him, like, he's not gonna be looking for that. Also, he has chicken legs, so like, I I don't see that being an easy fight for MVP. But we know it's not gonna be an easy fight for Daly if he wins, so. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good fight. Somebody mentioned this. Uh, I don't know if I saw this on Twitter, and I didn't even think about it, but it's kind of true. They put all the strikers on one side of the bracket, and they put all like the wrestlers and grapplers on the other side. Because the other side of the bracket is Gracie, Ruth, and Fitch. And McDonald. <laughs> so like. No matter who wins, we're we're gonna get most likely a striker versus a grappler. Um, I think it was mostly because I think the I think I have no way to prove this. Bellator wants MVP versus Roger McDonald in the final. Probably. And the and, and the best way to make sure Rory, who who basically the first round of the um the 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 uh the. Geckard fight was the first time we've seen him have to strike since like the Thompson fight. Like I, I don't think they had any confidence in in his chin or his nose holding up. If they stuck him like in, in two fights early with like strikers, so they were just like, no, let's just bring in the grapplers on one side, 
if they manage to out grapple uh, McDonald, then you know whatever. But you know it, it, he's not going to get he's not going to go out there and get knocked out. Probably right. maybe. Like the only dude I can see knocking him out is Ed Ruth, and Ed Ruth is not a good striker. I was thinking though, <laughs> is I feel like Ed Ruth in some weird way could somehow win that fight. Oh, he could totally out wrestle. <laughs> if he if he pushes Rory and like for whatever reason like Rory just doesn't have it that night in a five round fight, like I I could see him out wrestling like outworking him to a decision. I can't see him knocking him out like he did. Um, what's his face? Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's happening. Like, like his striking is still way too not good to to get to that level. Yeah, Fred Green. Like Rory would have to be all the way gone, and he might be after what Gegger did to him. Um, but I, so I could imagine it. Like he could take him down, and I think realistically, because. Rory seems like if you tag that nose a couple of times, man, blood is about to start gushing. Right. I think if Ruth took him down and got like some quality ground and pound in, I think he could get him out of there. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't bet money on it, but <laughs> I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. Like Ruth could definitely get McDonald down, and like if he, like you said, if he, he clogs up that nose with just cartilage and blood, um, you know, it's it's a tough ass night. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Interesting tournament, though. But shout out to Lima. Another great performance. Just uh, um, alternate Eric Silva. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. He's fighting Arn Zarkin, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I think that is the match. That's, that's fun. That's Eric Silva. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. I'll move on. <laughs> if I dwell on Eric Silva too long, I'll get sad. Uh, He's got that Bellator next... money now. You're good. You signed a $100 million deal. You're good. <laughs> next fight, one that I'm pretty sure had a lot of people talking. Uh, Aaron Pico and Leandro Higo uh, fighting at 145 pounds. So this will be Higo moving up uh, from Bantamweight. Um, yeah, man. Um, Pico pretty much <laughs> pressured Higo the entire fight. Um, but for Higo, man, Higo was definitely game. Um, he tagged Pico a couple of good times, actually. Um, he, he caught him with a nice couple of, uh, of one-twos. Um, but Pico just continued to walk him down. Um, and if Higo landed a one-two, Pico was firing back, throwing all of his life into his punches. Uh, but one thing he did do that I uh, I like that I thought was smart, um, there was a flurry that they got into. Well, it was kind of a one-sided flurry. Um, I think Pico had tagged Higo and he had him up against the cage, and he was unloading on him like he was going to up. I really like his combination because he goes from uppercut to body. I love like just his body work, and he tagged Higo a couple of times, and when the finish wasn't there, he just kind of backed off of it. Like he didn't he didn't try to force something that wasn't like ready to materialize and he kind of backed off and reset and they just kind of did it again which i thought was really smart because I, I feel like if if that was the pico maybe just a couple fights ago like he might have just tried to force the kill and then maybe it wouldn't have happened and then fight could have went a completely different way um but he didn't do that and uh 
you know, Higo was game, but, man, Pico just kept stalking this man down. He was not letting him breathe. Um, and he, uh, he, he caught Pico with uh, a right hand that kind of just, you know, it, it, it was a Pico shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how any of this works out for Pico, like, developmentally. Like, I... I, I like what what happens when he has to fight somebody he can't put away in the first round. But at the same time, Higo is not somebody who, even if he is moving up the division, you should be able to put away in the first round your fifth fight in your pro career. Um, so who knows? Who knows? Um, really impressive win, obviously. Um, do you just like bite the bullet and have him fight like a Pat Kern or a Daniel Strauss? And see, and that was uh, what I was trying to like say to Stoes in our group chat, and I posted it on Twitter too. Like, he go, I get it. He was coming up from thirty-five, but he goes a former a former title challenger, one of the top talents in that. If you steamroll a guy like that, albeit y'all are in different divisions, but it it is what it is. You you, you steamroll a guy like that, and you finish him in the fashion that Pico did. You can't then double back. And go back to fighting the Joe Schmoes of the universe, and in my opinion, right? You beat a name. You beat a name like Higo. You have to. You're in with the sharks now, basically. Like you, you kind of got to swim amongst the crowd now. There's, there's no, there's no turning back. You, you can't go back and just fight some random. Which is what he wants. Old... So. Yeah, and I mean, he, he's kind of one of those cases where I guess it's just we kind of just has to see what happens, like. Maybe not a title shot, but I would say like a guy like a Curran or Weichel, give him, give him somebody who's been a champ, who's kind of been there, done that, who's fought the best of the best, and who still has something left in the tank to offer. Um, like, because I think that's kind of the only way we'll. I mean, obviously, and it's not to downplay Higo, because that's that's this is definitely I think his biggest win. Um, cause this is the biggest name that he's fought in terms of recognition, but, um, yeah, I, I think at this point you got to give him somebody like a Curran or, or Weichel, just somebody in that. What about like a Justin Lawrence? Point. I'm not mad at that. You know, Lawrence, not a champ, but somebody who's pretty battle tested, who's shown that he can, he can hang, you know, he, he can hang in that. I feel like he's kind of like he's not a a top guy, but he's he's kind of like swimming beneath it, you know. One of those guys that kind of like trying to claw his way up to that. Yeah, he's like that the, the closest thing to a gatekeeper they have. Right. Besides Makapa, who will not be fighting anytime soon. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, if you're not yeah if if you're not gonna give him a a watch or a current, I don't think Lawrence would be bad. But I mean, if he, if he fights a guy like Lawrence and he. <laughs> He steamrolls him, and we get kind of the same result that we got from this fight. I, I think at that point you have to throw him in with the top guys. Like seeing seeing how good he is, he actually has is like it, it's kind of sad that like he got that fight with Freeman first because it, if I feel like if it wasn't for that, like we like he there would be some some big buzz around him. Like there's a lot, he might have been in the title shot already. Yeah. <laughs> well, like. There's already buzz about him now. He's like probably Bellator's most talked about prospect, but like 
Like, like I'm talking about like real buzz, you know. Like he, this is a dude who was getting his like who had his debut fight featured on like the front page of ESPN. Yeah. Yeah, he. Dude, dude, dude is definitely legit. But. Yeah, I, I'm. I want to see how far he can go. I wouldn't be mad at the Lawrence match or, or somebody of of that ilk, so to speak. Yeah, that's all they have. That ilk. It's him and Macapa. Yeah. <laughs> After that, it's it's, it's champ or die, pre- pretty much. Former champs Emmanuel Sanchez and Henry Corrales. Is he, if he's yeah, he's still there. All right. So. I wouldn't mind the the. Um... Well, no, Sanchez is probably about to fight. For yeah, he's fighting in Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind the Corrales fight. I think that's that's another guy you could throw in there, somebody who's who, who's been around the game for a while, who who would, wouldn't be so quick to back down, like would give him a fight. Um, and if he can put a guy like that away, then yeah, let 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 him swim amongst the sharks and just kind of see where he where he goes. But um, nah, man, I I I do like those still because we. We we saw this with MVP. This man, I'm I'm all for a slow build up, but his was kind of like <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just uh, part of it is one MVP can't stay healthy, presumably because again he has chicken legs, and just like tripping will cause him to like tear his ACL. But um, like Bellator doesn't have the luxury of like the UFC where they have like. 50 guys in each division and there are like 20 dudes who are just kind of not title contender material but are really tough and really good. Right. Like, there are only so many um, Tim Means out there for like Bellator to snatch up. Right. To, to the point where like, oh, they have to hire John Fitch who's probably going to beat any dude they have who's not good already. You know? Yeah, so it's kind of like once you <laughs> once you start slowing and slowing and impro- showing improvement and running through the division, it's either like we really really slow track you, or we kind of by force have to just throw you to the wolves because there's just nobody, there's nobody else. Yeah, and uh, the problem is like you can do like Ed Ruth and um, Tyrell Fortune, and you can stuff them on the prelims until they get like, and they did a great job of this with AJ McKee. Um, where they like hit him on the prelims until he was ready to be on TV. Then he got on TV. Now he's headlining shows against like top talent, and now like people are actually like buzzed about him fighting Pitbull eventually, maybe. And I'll I'll, I'll give Bellator uh, credit because during during the last few years, like I think we've all had the complaint like about just depth and them finding. Just new talent, new people to get excited about. And now within the last few years, we've gotten guys like Pico. We've gotten Key. Um, we got Ruth in the wing. Um, Elimelay McFarlane. Elimelay McFarlane. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting... They're, they're getting, like, homegrown talent. And they're, they're... I think they're, like, finally kind of figuring out how to kind of work these guys like you said you, you had mckee on the prelims for a while now he's he's headlining he's doing his thing uh you, you they they put i think they know what they have with pico so they put him on a pretty big stage on a really big card and then put him on a main card on a good slot so a lot of eyes could see him so that that can only help his buzz um so yeah props to bellator man i, I like what they're doing with these 
these these young guys and and, and ladies also that they're bringing up. Like the only problem I see is that like all these guys and all these ladies like they're coming in, they either have no fight experience or they have like one or two fights in extreme fighting championships, which is basically the same thing as having no fight experience. You know, so it it is a little harder to bring them along. They're not like ten fights into their career already. So like AJ McKee Jr.'s entire MMA career has been in Bellator. Bellator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Pico's entire MMA career has been in Bellator. So Ed Ruth's entire career has been in Bellator. So it, it's a, it's a little harder to like one get, a, get like have any sense of where they're at as fighters when you sign them. So like Aaron Pico's on the forty and forty deal right now. That's why he got paid for uh, knocking out Higo. Who knows what that would look like? Um, you know, he, he could have been like Sage Northcutt, you know? All right. Who, wow. who struggled early. Instead, he, he, you know, he's getting out to a hot start, but... They're, they're, they're doing a decent job, I think, of working with what they got. And I can even say this about the prelims, uh, even though I don't remember them all entirely. I feel like this overall, they're... The quality of fighters that they're bringing in, because I, listen, man, if you've been watching Bellator since the beginning, um, Bellator or, prelims, man. Oh, <laughs> boy. Uh, Justin, hey, those, I'm trying to remember like the all-time great Bellator. Um, boy, the 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 Bellator prelims were rough times, man. Um, you you talk about some Joe Schmoes. There there was a lot. <laughs> yeah. But to their credit, they off their asses off. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there is like, like no, there's a reason it's called the um, is MMA um sacrifice hour. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I've noticed like even on these prelims, like just the quality of fighters they're bringing in has gotten better. Um, the 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 Amber Laybrock fight. Uh, well, we'll get to some of these, but like just the quality of fighters they're getting are. It's improving, and like I'm noticing it, which is a good thing. So it's it still might take them a while to build up like depth, like the UFC has. Um, but like I, I, it looks like at least from the outside looking in that they're work they're they're working forward to it. Like they're it, it looks like there's an effort to to build more talent to have more quality fighters. So you know, props to Bellator for that. But yeah, Pico. Uh, Pico is continuing the trend. He is uh, continuing to take souls. So shout out to him. <laughs> um, very interested to see who they match him up with next. Uh, next fight. I didn't realize this went to split decision. Carrie <laughs> Melendez uh, and Dakota Zimmerman. This went to split decision. Did it? Damn. Yeah, that's weird. I did not think this was a split <laughs> decision fight. But Carrie uh, Melendez. Uh, kickboxer, wife of uh, Giblert <laughs> Melendez, uh, as the UFC Reebok gear affectionately called him. Um, I want to say, and this kind of goes to what you were just saying. What was I think this was Dakota's pro debut. She she had an amateur record, I think, before this, but I think this was her first pro fight. I want to say. Yep. Um, and yeah, you can kind of tell she did look pretty green, but I I will say though for. For it to be her debut pro fight, um, you know, didn't look like the nerves really got to her. Um, 
you could tell that there's talent and skill there, but you know there, there's a lot of room still to to grow and improve. Um, Melendez, if you know her, uh, she's tiny, but she can hit pretty hard <laughs> for, for somebody her size. Um, so she was definitely look, looking to put the paws on Dakota. Um, she did. She got off a, a, a good amount of decent strikes, but Dakota was working the takedowns. Um, unfortunately, it seemed like for Dakota, <laughs> it was weird. I don't know if you, <laughs> if you noticed this between Big John and Morrow. Uh, so clearly in the first round, like Carrie landed all of the effective strikes. Like when it was on the feet, Carrie touched her up. Um, I think she had caught Dakota with. A uh, couple elbows on the ground. Also, uh, it seemed like Dakota's game plan was like, I'm, I'm, I think she's like a jujitsu white belt. So she's like, I'm just gonna, you know, try to work the submission game. Which, all right, cool. You know, good strategy if you you can't really hang on the feet and it's not going your way. So she'd get a takedown on Carrie, and she would proceed to hold her, like literally wrap her legs around her waist, arms around the neck. And I'm going to hold you. And, um... <laughs> it was really weird to just kind of watch her hold Melendez for these long stretches of time. Um, I think did, did, I think she went for an armbar in the first, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think she went for an armbar. And she had it belly flat at one point, I think. But Carrie got out of it. Um, <laughs> and Big John and Morrow had a moment where uh, Morrow was like, well, who'd you score that round for? And he was like... <laughs> Dakota, <laughs> and Mara like why and then there's just this long 15 seconds of silence <laughs> nobody says anything <laughs> yeah I don't know how he gave her that first round because outside of the arm bar she literally didn't really do much of anything effective which is why I was kind of puzzled as to how this was a split decision because Carrie landed all of the most effective strikes like Dakota was trying to work submissions but she literally like she didn't really land anything and she just held like literally held a lot um so yeah that, that's kind of how that fight went it was kind of weird um but you know Carrie Carrie got the win yep um not really don't have anything to say about it to be honest like like, Garamond does look like somebody who's gotten to hang around with, like, a lot of, like, top-level coaching. Like, she looks like she's in great shape. Um, the other girl, I remember on commentary they were talking about, oh, she had taken two years off since her amateur career. But in the two years that she's been gone, she's been, like, doing boxing. Like, she did Golden Gloves, and she was doing, like, uh, grappling tournaments, like, every weekend. It didn't look like it. Um, like, not trying to be mean or anything. Like you said, she was doing a whole lot of holding when it feels like she should have been, like, trying to get up from the bottom. But yeah, she didn't put in a bad performance for her debut at all. Um, you know, this is a weird fight. You know, you know what made it feel really weird? This was in the middle of, like, a card where you had someone like Aaron Pico and... Um, like Douglas, uh, Douglas Lima and Andre Korshkov and Ryan McDonald and Gegard Musasi. Kind of fell out of place, you know? Yeah, tons of experience, and then you kind of get 
Big whip. I mean, albeit Melendez was, I, I want to say, I think she's experienced in kickboxing, but in, in MMA, she's only had how many fights? Like two, two or three? Yeah. It, it was like CM Punk and um, Michael Jackson on um, that, that UFC card where like they were just like booked in the. This doesn't seem like the thing I was watching 15 minutes ago. <laughs> that wasn't that bad. I won't. I won't give it that. I'll give them more. Like, it wasn't bad. Like it was. Like it was fine. It was fine for um, what it was, which was their first fight on um, like uh, on uh, well, not their both of their first fights, but one of their first fights. You know, it was fine. I mean, and I, I think. I'm pretty sure. I don't think Bellator really has it. I think they want to build Melendez into something, which is so you know weird because she's like 34, and like the, the like the, the the division that um she fights in currently doesn't have like their entire um their 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 entire division is basically in the UFC. Like there are there are plenty of up and coming fighters that aren't in the UFC, but, like, they're all aiming at the UFC. So unless they have her, like, fight Angela Lee, I don't know what they really want to build her towards, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. I, I, I don't know what the future is, but I, I think they just, like, want her to be a face. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, I just think they just want her to be a face. She'll, she'll, I think they just want to build her in a name build her name that people will be semi-interested in, you know, be, be another face for the women's division that people can follow. Right. Um, and hopefully with the power that she has, maybe she can give you some highlight reels uh, eventually. But either way, she got the W. Um, R- real quick, I, I just I just remembered the all-time great Bellator uh, prelim fight. It was Justin Baseman versus uh, Herman Tarallo. <clears throat> That's those sound like Bellator prelim names. Yep. <laughs> but that that was the greatest Bellator prelim of all time. Go watch it. It was amazing. <laughs> oh man. And to round out uh the main card, Gaston Bellanos and uh Cedro Gutierrez. Probably butchered that name. Um why don't I remember a lot of this fight? I think I watched it twice. All I remember <laughs> Is the sequence where uh, Belanos did his little Anderson Silva. <laughs> he dodged like three punches while walking backwards and just kind of ducking his head around. Um, That's how you know this fight was evenly matched. <laughs> I don't remember much of what Gutierrez did. I don't, I don't know if he did a whole lot. I mean, he did his job, which was to lose. <laughs> I just remember Bolanos doing Bolanos things like after he did that like Matrix dodge, he, he, he threw him to the ground. He, he, he just tosses him like a little kid to the ground. Um, yeah, I wish I, I don't. I don't remember the fight in much detail, other than like it was clear from the beginning that Bolanos was gonna win this. It was just a matter of time before, before the finish happened. And uh, we we got that in the second round. I mean, I remember what I have to remember is that the Peruvian won, and he looked amazing. But he also fought. What's this man's name? Uh, Cidro Gutierrez. Like I'm, ha- I'm happy for Bolanos. Like, it, like he seems like a talented dude. He's only 26, and 
Um, but at the same time, like, why was this fight on the main card? Why this card need to be three hours long? Yeah, I I think they wanted uh, Bolanos to give a highlight reel. I think, I think that's what they were aiming for. Mm, it worked. I mean, he couldn't. Get, uh, eh. He got to finish, so it was something. <laughs> you you got to finish. You got an Anderson Silva moment. Uh, it was something. But yeah, Bellator, don't fall into the six fight trap that the UFC gives us. We don't need that. Don't don't uh don't do that to us. It's not. It's not nice. No, it's not. And you you pay for it the next morning, if you're like me and you powered your way through this car and then you wake up the next morning and you you feel like death but yeah that was uh oh oh i guess we'll get into some prelims which i I didn't some of these i saw and i was like awake but i was like wasn't awake um so i'll just give a shout out to one fight i actually did pay a a lot of attention to which was uh arlene blanco and amber Lybrock. um that was a pretty awesome uh fun fight between those ladies uh, Lybrock seemed like she was on her way to winning that fight, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's never over until it's over, and, uh, Blanco gave, uh, Lybrock a nice little powerbomb yeah. variation, yep. yeah, she sure and, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, when I first tuned in, um, I, I, I don't remember where that was, um, um, Matter of fact, I think that was the first fight I saw before I passed out on the ride back home, uh, after the ride back home. <laughs> it was like 10 seconds before the, the slam, and I, all I see is blink out with like an arm bar. I'm like, oh, she's about to lose. And she lifts her up with like one arm. <laughs> and just plants blink out on her, not blink out, uh, live rock on her head. Like, that was mean. Yeah, that, that. That was one of those things, like, you ain't need to do that. Like, she she didn't deserve that punishment. And, like, after the slam, I don't even think she needed to follow up, but, you know, you got you got to finish the job. She she was out of there, man. That that slam was pretty, that was vicious. That was, that was vicious. But, uh, shout out to Lightbox. I, I really enjoyed watching her fight. Um, I can't remember her first fight that I saw the last time she fought, but I remember it, it, it being a really fun fight. Um... So she she's somebody just in in that division that I keep an eye on because her fights are pretty entertaining, but uh yeah Bl- Blinko, boy, <laughs> way way too in the fight. Um, can't I can't believe we're gonna get um Blinko versus Bud again because yeah. that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, they don't have um, to do anything. You know, I'll just forget about it and go home. Uh, but Bud's got to fight somebody. And the thing is, after you get a highlight finish like that, it's kind of like, well, we can't not give you a title shot. Or we could, but... You know. But uh, that's the only prelim I remember pretty much in detail. But I'll give a shout-out to Adam Piccolotti because he won the unanimous decision. Um, I could have sworn he got cut. But I think I'm thinking of Steve Cazola. Yeah, yeah, I think it's thinking of Zola. Nah, Piccolotti's still out here. Um, I, I guess I'll just run down these. Uh, if you got any thoughts, you can just stop me. Uh, Jeremiah Labiano defeated Justin Smith via first round TKO. Uh, Josh San Diego 
defeated Joe Neal via split decision, uh, Cass Bell defeated Ty Costa uh, via armbar, shout out to Cass Bell and the green hair, uh, Chuck Campbell defeated Joseph Ramirez via unanimous decision, and Anthony Figueroa Jr. defeated Samuel Merrill uh, via unanimous decision. So, uh, that was Bellator 206, Wasasi versus McDonald. Um, really, pretty good card, man. Good debut for the zone. Um, other than this card <laughs> being six fights for the main card, and it just seeming seemed like this card was running on forever. It, it was a pretty entertaining card. Lots of good finishes. Great performance from Pico. Um, you know, got to see two legends throw down. Wasasi put on a dominant performance. It was a pretty fun night. I thought good, good, good debut for the zone, um, and a pretty good look for Bellator. Yeah, um, I, I hope it does well for them. Like, uh, then they kind of need this to go well. Yeah. With TV ratings not being what they need to be, um, going back to just Bellat uh, Bellator getting preempted by um, by uh, Peppa Pig in the UK. <laughs> like who's who put like that had to be somebody at channel 5 just not getting the memo that there were two 25 minute fights on this card right uh, somebody had to get the pink slip after that cause like that's the worst part the main event didn't even go as far as it was supposed to go it was it was supposed to be like a 25 minute fight it only went to the second round Dude, like the co-main event was a third, a fifteen-minute fight. It only went to the second round. Um, like they they easily could have got this in the time window, but they chose not to not to start until literally one o'clock in the morning here in the U.S. and the East Coast. And I'm just curious, like, why? There's no TV. Like, were there ads last night on the zone? Like, I don't even remember. Uh, I don't either. Like, there might have been ads for like other fights or other uh, the zone programming, but like that, I I don't remember anything like uh you know like um like hey go eat at Burger King you motherfucker like <laughs> uh, like I don't remember anything like that. So like why did this card need to be three and a half hours long? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I don't know why. Uh... Why that went down? So, so, so somebody had to get the white box and, and the pink slip after that. Yeah, yeah. You you can't. Uh, maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they just got some personal vendetta. Maybe they were just like, if you're gonna stay up four hours for a UFC card, you're gonna stay up four hours for us. I wouldn't know you'd do it because you have no self control. Or maybe somebody they don't really like MMA, and they just wanted Peppa Pig to just kind of take over. They were tired of the violence. They had, they had to even out the they had to even out the playing field. Yeah, Ugh. I mean Peppa Pig, Peppa Peppa. <laughs> the, the only thing I've ever seen from Peppa Pig is that one scene where she calls her friend to complain about not being able to whistle, and then her friend whistles for the first time on her first try, and Peppa immediately hangs up on her. <laughs> uh, I only know Pepper the Pig because I used to work at Toys R Us, so I had to 
had to stock a lot of those toys. Oh, uh, we had to stack a lot of the books at the library, bro. She is very in demand. Yeah, she she is. Uh, Pe- Peppa is really hot in these streets. Dude, like, I don't know. She is. She's like one of the <laughs> biggest YouTube channels. Like, it's really weird. Like, I guess her episodes just fit perfectly into YouTube. Peppa, Pe- Peppa's out here. <laughs> Peppa out here getting that money. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it for the fights. But before we get out of here, man, uh. Let's let's do some a, a few predictions because next week is the big one, UFC 229. Um, pretty sure that that that'll be the talk of the town after that card is over, and there, there'll be all kinds of storylines and wildness probably after that fight's over, regardless of who wins. But uh, let's 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 do some predictions on the spot. So, Habib Nurmagomedov. Conor McGregor, uh, who, who who do we have winning and how? Um, Khabib by, I don't know, maybe he gets the stoppage, maybe he doesn't, maybe he just beats up on McGregor for 25 minutes. Like, either way I see this fight going, I, I like, we'll know within, like, a minute. Because I don't think it'll be competitive, but I, I think it'll be, like, a true blue outcome. Like, Khabib will either take McGregor down and out-wrestle him for 25 minutes, or McGregor will knock Khabib out. So, yeah, this this is a hard one for me. I'll say no matter who wins, it's gonna be a stoppage. Somebody's not making it out of this fight alive. Um, it's one of those things. It's just kind of like, can well, Connor can't stop the takedown if if it happens. I, I don't believe so. So like, can he keep the distance? Can he catch uh, Habib with that left and then send him? to the nether realm or can Habib just grab a hold of him and once he does it's just a matter of time before it's over it's just it's a really interesting style clash but if you put a gun to my head I have to go with Habib just because I just even if Habib gets tagged if he can find a way to just survive long enough to get a takedown, I think it's over. Like if I think if Habib gets Connor down, Connor's not getting back up. Right. It's also worth um, noting Connor hasn't fought in like two years now. Yeah, yeah. A lot of unknown with him and all that he's had going on. And I'm I'm pretty sure like for for all of the and I'm not like a huge Connor fan, I'll throw that out there, but for all of the wildness that he does, he he does strike me as a guy who does probably obsess about his craft. So I don't believe... I mean, he, he probably has been out here wilding out a bit. But I, I think he, he, he knew that this fight was going to happen eventually. I mean, I'm pretty sure he knew once he threw the trolley through the yeah. bus that this was pretty much inevitable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knew this was going to come. So I, 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 I don't doubt that he has... He's been preparing for this. He, he knew this was coming. And like I said, as wild as he is outside the outside of Octagon, I don't think for a second that he has not been preparing for this fight. But on the same token, we haven't seen him in two years. We don't know what he's going to look like. He's never faced someone with such ferocious, <laughs> just wrestling as Habib, someone so dominant. Um, yeah, I, I got to go with Habib. I'm going to say 
I'm gonna say second round TKO finish for Habib. Um, moving on, Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis. Uh, Ferg's. Matter of fact, uh, if this was Ferguson from before he, you know, pulled out of the, uh, the the fight in April with the injury, I would have picked him outright. But like, he's also some du- he's also a dude who gets hurt a lot. And, like, that's not the dude you want to be if you're fighting Pettis. You know what I mean? So. Right. Like, I, I'm going to go Fergs, but I'm not going to be surprised if Pettis catches him and then, like, somehow gets the, gets the rear naked on him. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and pick Pettis. I think <laughs> Pettis is the only guy I think I had to go back and look at Ferguson's record because he fought pretty much everybody. But. I think Pettis is the only guy Ferguson has fought who kind of has this similar to thing where, like, they're just such opportunists that, like, he just, Pettis just needs that split-second moment and he can yank something up. And I, 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 I just, I have this feeling that somehow, and it's not going to be an easy fight at all. I, <laughs> I think Pettis is going to take his licks. It's not going to be pretty. But I just feel like somehow Pettis is going to have that one moment where he just needs to pull the trigger, and he'll he'll get that moment and he'll capitalize, but he'll take punishment before it happens. Um, so I, I don't know if it'll be TKO or sub. I'm gonna say Pettis somehow gets a finish here, and and pulls like I guess a quote unquote upset. Um, OSP and Reyes. Because I, I threw such a fit when they made the fight. I'm gonna go OSP. Which means which means Reyes is gonna win. So I'm going to Reyes because I've been championing him for way too long, so I can't turn back. <laughs> I'm past the point of no return. Oh, did they ever get back to you? By the way? They did not. They did not. Uh, Should pick against them, but I'm not bitter. <laughs> well, he's out here. He's out here doing the um that Helwani show, so yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, he moved. He moved on. I didn't. I didn't catch him. I, I should have caught him before the wave. Caught, caught him too late. Should have got him while he was in LFA. <laughs> but I got I got Reyes. I think it's it's gonna be his toughest fight though, man. OSP is a real he's a sneaky guy. He's a real real crafty, real crafty guy. But I, I th- think Reyes is gonna find a way to pull it out. Uh, last fight I'll I'll say prediction for uh, Lewis and Volkov. Uh, Volkov. Yeah, I got Volkov too. Lewis has been. Last few fights have just been kind of, kind of. I hope his back is healed up though. I hope, hope, hope that's okay. But I don't, I don't have been keeping an eye on it, so I don't know how that situation is. But yeah, I got, I got Volkov too, and I think Volkov will find himself in a title shot. Uh, sometime, sometime next year. But uh, yeah, UFC 229, man, lots of good fights on that card. I also got Michelle Waterson and Felice Herrick. Uh, ah, sucks. Sean O'Malley's not gonna be on there, but. Definitely one of the biggest cards that'll be going down this year. Plenty to talk about, I'm pretty sure, after that uh, card is over. So that'll be a fun podcast, but uh, that's all we pretty much got for today. So we can uh, go on to parting shots and shout-outs. And I'm not going to lie, I spent this entire podcast trying to think <laughs> of a shout-out or a shot, and I don't have anything. Um... 
other than uh, I don't know shout outs to all my gamers Soul Calibur 6 beta has been pretty awesome takes 30 hours to get into a match but when you do get into one pretty great um, so that's, that's been fun continue shout outs to Spider-Man for being my favorite game that I played this year been still playing that pretty much non-stop and um, shout outs to the NBA preseason's on underway uh, some of these rookies been out here showing out. Uh, rookies and uh, second-year players saw Dennis Smith go airborne on somebody. Uh, Luka Doncic is out here doing uh, handling business. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's in a Raptors jersey now, and I I don't know how I feel about that as a lifelong Spurs fan. I mean, he could have ended up on the Knicks, bro. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I don't want to root for him, but I like Kawhi, but it's just weird, like. It's just, it's just weird, but shout out to the NBA, man. Glad preseason back. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the season. Basketball has really won me over back these last couple of years. Um, like I normally don't even pay attention to preseason or regular season to be that, uh, to be honest. But they've reeled me in these last couple of years, so I'm, I'm actually pretty invested. So shout out to the NBA. Hey, basketball is, is, is. It's been really dope these last couple of years, and I think this season will be another. It is the best sport. They really know how to, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, evolve, I, I guess. Like, they know how to get with the times and, like, keep the sport relevant. They do rule changes, like, on the go. Even though I, I still hate flopping in the NBA, but it's kind of accepted that's a thing now. But, like, I, I feel like they've done a good job of just moving their sport forward. And not being like the NFL and just stuck in the the 1800s, <laughs> like the, the old man's club. Right, right. <laughs> the NFL is just... No fun league, bro. Yeah. Like, some of these roughing the passer penalties I've been seeing, I... Shout out to the NBA, man. Keep, keep moving forward. <laughs> don't, don't get stuck in the Stone Age uh, like, like some of these other sports, but... Um, yeah, I guess that's all I got for parting shots and shout outs. Um, shouts to the U.S. women's national team. They won the FIBA World Cup today. Hey. Yep. Um, fantastic run through the tournament. Nobody really even got close. Um, I think they haven't lost since like 2006. So, you know, they're, they're on a good run. Um, and then shouts to, um, I guess Hilda. Uh, this is an animated uh, show on Netflix that debuted like I want to say a week and a half ago, something like that. Um, I said that because I follow the creator of the comic um, on Twitter, and he, you know he's been stoked about it. Uh, following for a minute now, so you know I'm happy for him. I'm happy for it. it's a great show from the looks of it. It's a great comic. We have it at the library. I actually have a copy in my room right now. I'm probably about to go read it, so. Yeah, just good vibes for good people doing good work. There you go. Oh, and I guess real quick, I'm glad you said that. Uh, speaking of books and all that good stuff. Um, if I can get on the ball tomorrow, which would be to, alright, by the time you hear this tomorrow, will have happened. But, um, my book rollout, man, I'm starting... Hopefully tomorrow, which would be Monday the 1st, 
I'll be recording a series of podcast episodes that'll be uh, more creative themed in terms of writing and just things I've learned uh, in the process of writing this book. I'm hoping to record the first installment of that tomorrow and put that out this week so that I can get this little mini promo run going. And then uh, I'll be gearing up, hopefully, Stars Align book release by the end of this year. Um, I want it to be in November. I don't know. Uh, that might not happen. might have to be December. But we'll, we'll see. But either way, book rollout's coming. Um, so, yeah, that'll, that'll be a thing. Uh, yeah, so just be on the lookout for that. And more album reviews are coming. Lupe Fiasco. Uh, Drogas Wave review should be out by the time you guys are hearing this, so give that a look. But, um, that's pretty much it for today, so give the fights a look if you didn't get a chance to see them. Lots of good uh, action went down this weekend, uh, but that is all we got for today's episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I mean, always, you can listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're for iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Check us out on Google Play. Uh, hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. I just realized I never throw your Twitter out there if you want people to follow you. I mean, they're free too, but at times, like, why would you want to? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, GC Zeus, I think, was my 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 at handle. So, if y'all want to follow me, go ahead. Be my guest. There you go. But you've been warned. <laughs> so, you can give us uh, follows on social media and all that good stuff. We appreciate the listens. Make sure to share with a friend. Share with a fight fan. Uh, that's all we got for today. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later. <laughs>